since 1992, the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon has been one of Australia's largest half marathon events, taking in the best of Sydney's sights. Now, in its 30th year, say hello to the Hoka Runaway Sydney Half Marathon. With an updated half marathon course and an all-new 10km course, the best of Sydney's city streets are yours to enjoy on Sunday the 21st of May 2023. Entries are now open at runawaysydneyhalf.com.au. Welcome to episode number 275 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Just looking at the agenda tonight, maybe a bit of a quicker show, not much to go through. Some news from Japan, Vic Miles, no it wasn't, yes it was, no it wasn't, it was Box Hill Burn results. Uh, listen to question, Moose on the Loose, and we've got a Kai Robinson interview coming to you at the very end of the episode. Welcome to my co-host up in Canberra, Bradley Croker, how are you this week? Good, Brady. No complaints here. That's good. That's good. Uh, and my other co-host, Julian Spence, Dan Anglesey. How are you this week? No complaining here either. That's good. No complaints early on in the show. Thanks for joining me, boys. Who wants to... Uh, anything special happened in your life the last couple of days before we get into training weeks? Surely something's happened in the life oh, of Pete? Bradley or Moose. Well, Pierce started walking a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah. I saw your Instagram cool. video about that. Straight on the did sand too. Did I put a video? Or oh, maybe, no, maybe braided, yeah. I saw her walking um, on the sand. Yeah, she just, all of a sudden, she just started cutting laps around the dining table. She went from never really walking at all, maybe two steps here and there, to like 15 minutes straight. It's incredible to watch someone get a skill and just be able, like a baby, just do it all of a sudden, like they've been doing it their whole lives. Because so she's overtraining, over, over we've yeah. gone from nothing to... Running all day. Yeah, got it. I got the stopwatch on around the dining table. <laughs> you... we, we are into junior athletics at the moment. AA certainly is. Yeah, it's it's been a big a week later. in underage athletics and pushing kids this week. It's been great. Yeah, there might be a bit of that because the listener questions about uh, our kids and running. Do you have like sick like shoes for her as well, Moose? Surely, uh, own a shoe got... shop. She wouldn't just be wearing like Target shoes around, would she? Oh, definitely not Target shoes. <laughs> Uh, we got some pretty cool New Balance for it, and then um, some Nike, like Alpha Flies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're a bit big. They're like oversized. So these little, these New Balance are the ones. They're they're really cool. Okay, Crokes, anything exciting happened in your life recently? Can you match that? Uh, uh, Lily started at a new school last week and started um, her d- uh, dance lessons for the first time. But nothing personally. I'm just old and boring now. Nothing uh, nothing much changes with me. Well, there's That's... significant life things, though. Mm. Shows you Live through my kids older. now. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> anyway, Moose, take us through some run and chat. Take us through Monday to Sunday. You must be getting close to this marathon, wouldn't you? Three weeks? Three weeks from the Sunday long run. Ooh. So that'll be, yeah, be my last one. <clears throat> Go Monday. Last, last proper long run. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Monday, I, uh, I just rolled around. You know how it is. Always pretty sore. Um, are you getting that out? <laughs> Cough it up, Russell. Yeah, you're all right. Oh. Russell, is that Russell? Uh, yeah. Can we get a pic of Russell on the Instagram this week? Yeah, all right. See what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just 50 minutes. Uh, Tuesday we do the the track workout. So five by a mile with 400 jog in between, and the miles were supposed to be. Um, like a, a hot lap, so four laps, um, three laps at 74, but the third lap was supposed to kick down to 70. And I did this uh, with Matty Gunther. Um, and, yeah, he he's not quite in the shape that he was after the, the getaway to um, Maldives or whatever where he just ate and drank and did other adult things for a whole week. But I... I felt fine for this. This was another one that was an easy, quite quite an easy workout. The the volume's pretty high, so if you include the four hundreds like jogs, then you're you're doing ten k on the track basically. Uh, there were a couple of laps where we kicked down a little slow. Um, that was they're the they're the ones that Maddie took, I reckon. So he let me down on them. Why but, do you kick down, Moose? What's the purpose of kicking down the third one? I just want an increase in fatigue and a bit of a rush of a bit more of a rush of lactic, yeah, and then it. yeah, and then be able to to relax and continue a hard effort without panicking and without getting yourself in a in a real tears. Uh, just being able to handle discomfort for one more lap. I think it's a bit of a skill to be learned. It's not just a physical benefit, but yeah, just to sort of, it's it's sort of like if you go th- through a cross country course, a lot of guys can go up a hill quite hard and then manage the effort across like the top. Whereas some guys will go up the hill and it will be the same effort level and the same, um, they'll be the same fitness as the other guy, but because they're feeling this, sort of rush of like or spike in lactate and their breathing gets heavy and their legs get tired then they panic a little whereas i think this workout helps to to um almost toughen you a little bit for when it does get hard and for people at home you're saying um two laps at kind of like 10k effort one lap at 5k effort back to 10k effort yeah i'd say it would be about that yeah yeah that's probably a pretty good it was about four seconds a k quicker for that on lap yeah. Um, Ever yeah. done anything like this, Crocs? Uh, yeah, I have actually. Yeah. You yeah. Enjoy it. Is it fair to say, I've never done a workout like this, but is it fair to say that you should feel a bit like the brakes are on when you slow it again for the last lap? Not really. Okay. It doesn't. Because, because you yeah. psych the lactic a little bit, the, I find the first half, you might start to recover a little bit towards the, depending on how long you run for after you've spiked it, you, it might start to come down a little bit. But initially, it feels pretty hard. Okay. I find. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 second and lap it should feel hard. Is, second lap's pretty boring, really, because you know what's coming. Mm. 
and you've already gone through a lap like and so you're like okay i'm just this lap feels like a nothing lap and i just need to tick it off and so a lot of the time the second lap was actually a little slow because you you kind of lose focus a little bit and um and that yeah we sort of noticed that that 74 maybe go to 75 76 for that second lap as a bit of a an error it's it's good to break it up a little it's, I think it's good for for race practice as well to be able to handle a surge in a race and come off it. I know. It also teaches you, I think, moves to be disciplined a little bit because if you go too hard in those first two laps, like the kick down almost doesn't happen, or if you do, you're putting yourself into so much trouble yep. that you don't come out of it. For sure. Yeah, you can you can definitely ruin the workout by making it all a bit too hard. When the the real like one of the real goals is to to change gears. And so if you do this, if you did this work, if I gave this to someone and they came back and said, yeah, it was good, I, instead of running 74s and then kicking down, I, I just ran them all at 72, I'd say, oh, you've missed the point. Mm. Like, it's that's not how I wanted it done. It'd be um, fun workout to do in a group too, wouldn't it? It's great. Yeah, it is. Well, unless we, you don't race it. Yeah, well, you can't really race it, like, because you – you're only kicking down for one lap. Yeah, but and if someone starts taking that in 67 instead of 70 just to sort the boys out, we, we don't really We don't ha- quite have that issue. This The group we got right now is really disciplined. Like there's no one there to, to show off or there's no one to – the pecking order is pretty well established. And and what with the pecking order <laughs> established, then no one's trying to change their spot in the order. Maybe it's happening down below a little further. Um, I'm, not just not, I'm just not picking up on it well enough. Because um, you're at the top. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm close to the top. I'm close mm. to the top. But, but like Gunther's quite realistic. But, but we're, pretty, we're pretty experienced runners now. We know our place. Like Gunther's probably just not quite where I'm at right now. But three weeks, four weeks ago, he was in front of me and I was, he, he could have it. I'll give it to him. Um, but yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be coming back strong. We have a good workout tomorrow, actually, which uh, we'll talk about next week. So it's a it's a good group workout with um, where the whole group can jump in for different parts of it. Uh, yeah, so that was a good workout. I liked it and felt good afterwards. Next day, 11k, and then 13k the day after. Uh, got got on some hills on that that day. That was Thursday. Friday, I was really not feeling like doing a workout. Opened um, like opened the day, just flat as a tack, and uh, I was going to bail on this one, do it Saturday. But in the end, I did the jog warm up, and I thought, oh, you're gonna you're gonna regret this if you don't get out there and do it. So midway through the warm up changed my mind and decided I would do it. So it was 30 minute over undulating a tempo. And this was just, if you have a look at my map, I made this up on the fly. I was basically just running around town and and deciding what road I would take. Uh, I was aiming for hills. So it was 8.63K. I got 123 meters of climbing in there. It was 30 minutes, average 329. Uh, This was pretty comfortable i guess like i averaged 167 for my heart rate i'm i don't know whether i wore a heart rate monitor for this i can't remember actually 
I wonder if it would tell me. Does it tell you? No, it doesn't tell you. I've been, I haven't been wearing my heart rate much. I think I did for this one. It looks pretty accurate, actually. I think I did put the heart rate on here. Um, but yeah, no, this was okay. It wasn't supposed, this was supposed to be an effort level that would be similar if I did the workout with Ali. And so I, I didn't want to crush it. And I definitely didn't crush it. So yeah, that was Friday. Uh, and then Saturday just cruised in the morning and then on a, I went for a surf Saturday Arvo. So that was interesting. Kind of smashed me up, got real tired. I was cooked Saturday night and then into Sunday long run, um, from Anglesey went out for, I reckon it was about like 26 K just over the hills. And then Kieran's first long run with a workout because he's doing he's going to do Canberra so he did he had um, 30 minutes planned at marathon effort at the end of the run so um, I just jumped in with him basically because it would have been pretty boring by himself and I, because Friday was quite easy I decided to um, just have a little bit more of a squirt at the end of this one and I didn't have my heart rate on for this but this felt pretty comfy so uh, what did we get 475 all up um, and 475 meters the the last lap we averaged 326 pace and it felt comfy like I was slowing down for Kieran on this it points I could have I could have run a bit quicker and it would have felt fine but it wasn't it's, it was just there to help help Kieran out so this is good because it's not a fast place to run so it's starting to give me a bit of an idea on on what I could probably handle on the day starting to give me a little bit of an idea but yeah that's the week it was like 112k a pace idea moose what's is that what you're thinking yeah probably probably a bit more of an idea on pace now uh which is could be i don't know i think i think about 325s would be a, a decent start point so whatever that equals i'm not sure like is that 224 223 maybe not sure anyone know I'll, I'll work it out. What did you run at Gold Coast? Two twenty-two. Mm, Two twenty-three. And what did you average? Uh, don't know. I'm just going to do it now. Uh, times. It was pretty low, wasn't it, Crooks? Two twenty-three low. Uh, and a half. Oh yes, yeah, so it's two twenty-four, Moose. Zero zero. Two twenty-four low. Three twenty-fives. You go quicker than that, Moose. You're rolling that pace after hills, over hills. End of a week. Gone. Mm, I wasn't happy when you did the calculations. <laughs> no, <laughs> I certainly hit that. I certainly hit that. I'm very happy. You happy with that? That? <laughs> that? that sounds spot on to me. See what happens. So in the next seventy. Weeks. So seventy-two through half, and then uh, maybe a slight negative split. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and that's if like if you come to me ten weeks away and said that's the pace, I'd be like, whoa, things have gone well over the last ten weeks to get there. So I think that's a bonus to be able to do that or to feel like I'm in the position to do that. Yeah. Crooks, what have you been doing? Good training uh, week from you. Yeah, I cracked my first hundred k week since um, early November. So definitely starting to feel like the fitness is coming back. Um, Shin is. Uh, yeah, like it's it's noticeable at times, but it's just it's not getting any worse, and it doesn't flare up after the run. So I'm just going to keep 
keep training um obviously just keep making sure i do some exercises do some massage but it's, it's not giving me too many issues um especially during sessions it's not to the point where i have to like, change my gait or anything like that it's just like oh yeah my shin's niggly um but yeah monday 45 minutes at 423s and then tuesday afternoon met the group out at the horse track uh because a lot of the group had raced on the weekend um we just like i tend to give people this five four three two one minute session off 75 seconds jog um where the first like the five and the four minute reps with the 75 second jog in between it's almost like a broken tempo like you finish the five minute and there's no issue just going straight into a jog so i generally tell people run the five minute rep at about sort of 60 minute effort the four minute rep at about 45 minute effort three minute rep at 30 minute effort two minute rep at about 5k pace and the um one minute rep at sort of 3k pace so i went 331s for the five minute 327s 324 for the three 315 for the two and 306 for the one and about 430s for the jog so um reasonably comfortable session uh yeah it was a bit bit warm but um i felt like i was in the right zone for that compared to the week before where i did that five by two minute five by one minute where i was just running way too hard and um pulled up with some doms the day after so i enjoyed that session and then wednesday i got out for just over an hour so 14.4k at 423s 45 minutes on thursday um, at 424s and then friday morning so we've been starting up morning sessions so we warm up at 6 30 um, start the session at seven and Thursday night, I realized that I was going to be training solo because there was two separate sessions going on. So people that were training for um, Canberra Marathon, they were out doing like long hill reps, um, whereas everybody else was on the flat around the lake. So Thursday night, I was like, oh man, why am I getting up at 5.30 to basically train solo? But as it turned out, like just having people there for the warm up, the cool down, and knowing that people were out there doing the same session as you, it was way more enjoyable than if I'd just gone out, you know, nine o'clock in the morning and and did it by myself. So I'm glad I did that. Session was three sets of six minute tempo, two minutes solid, 90 second jog, and it's all, all continuous. So um, 27 minutes worth. Uh, it was it was cool. It was like a really cool morning, but it was super windy and it gets really exposed on the lake. So on the way out was uh, tailwind, on the way back was headwind. So the first eight minutes, I'm like, yeah, this is really comfortable. This is exactly where I need to be. So I was rolling about uh, 3.30s for the tempo bit and then between 3.15s and 3.20s for the two-minute solid. So, um, you know, 10 to 15 seconds a K faster for that and then jogging at uh, about 4.30-kilometre pace. Um, on the way back, effort sort of got – a little bit higher than what I wanted it to but also I was thinking back and it was probably that period moose where remember you were running quite well around like 10 relays but then you would go out and do some like longer sustained sessions and you didn't feel quite as strong as the guys that you were running with and so I feel at the moment like I'm moving quite well but the longer sessions get I just haven't done the volume and I haven't strung I haven't done long runs so I'm finding that the back ends of sessions are just getting tough, but I know that that'll that'll improve. You know, like um, Sunday just gone. So yesterday was my first run over 20 kilometres since November. So like you, you're never going to be 
uh, aerobically strong and fit if you haven't done those long runs. So um, I was I was thinking the same thing, exactly the same thing. Um, gee, one of the I can't remember which day. It was, it was maybe even today. I was thinking that I used to be able to. I could do workouts much faster when I wasn't fit the short workouts than I probably could now because of how fre- how much fresher mm-hmm. I was. But then you give me something like three-minute reps or five-minute reps and I was cooked for them. Like there's yeah. no way I could handle that type of endurance. But something shorter, the, the freshness allows you to be able to do it and it's actually fine. Mm. Like heart rate was good, like average 164 for the whole session, but yeah, just that lack of long runs. And I think there's a saying out there that says, um, long runs put the tiger in the cat. Have you heard that? Yeah. I've yeah. heard something like Don't that. Know what it means, but I've heard it. But I think it just, it turns, turns a cat, you know, obviously cats, you know, quite, um, quite soft compared to a tiger. It just makes you a lot tougher and you can, you know, sustain obviously a higher effort for a hell of a lot longer. So yeah. Um, but yeah, we're not, we're not, um, we're not saying anything that people don't know, like, you know, consistent long runs are the key to, to being a good distance runner, I reckon. Um, anyway, so it was a good, uh, good session. Um, yeah, 7.76 K in 27 minutes. So 329 average. Then Saturday morning. Um, yeah, it was actually, the weekend was really cool, like weather wise. So I did an hour at four twenties on Saturday and then Sunday I wanted to, um, go at least 90 minutes so I didn't run the weekend before on the Sunday because of my toe and the week before that was just 75 minutes so my goal was to go 90 um, put the cloud monsters on for the first time since I got injured and um, man I uh, yeah, forgot how much I really enjoy that shoe so the combination of the shoe the fact that it was like cold weather um, I really enjoyed this run so I did 22k at 413s felt like I you know, could, could have done another half hour quite easy but it just um just goes to show how you know sometimes in summer you don't think you're actually going that well but then you get a cool day and you're like oh yeah i'm actually not as unfit as i as i think i am um just because of the weather so uh yeah that was my week 100 101.8k good if you're if croaks is going to feel good it's going to be between the hours of 7 and 12 on sunday morning <laughs> that's that that's about? that's when he does his best work this this wasn't that like this wasn't that hilly and it you know four thirteen like it's not that quick on yeah you know, like the weather was probably like eleven degrees or something twelve degrees so it was perfect so but it gave me a bit of encouragement that yeah that fitness is slowly coming back because my long run two weeks before that was like seventeen k at like four twenty threes and that felt harder than what this one did yeah good science good science. I'll whistle through my week. Monday, I did 70 minutes easy with a few surges. Um, average 4.36s for that one. So nice and chilled out off the back of the long run. Tuesday, did 10 by 1K. The first six I did at like threshold pace. So like around 3.12 pace off a minute jog. So that's pretty easy. Like K at threshold um, isn't too much to worry about. And then the last four I did like I was doing for like 8 by 1K reps. Um, and I had 90 seconds jog between those ones. So I went 303, 304, 302, and just um, I ran the last one about looking at my watch, tried to kick it home a bit and ran 256. So I was happy with that. Good a bit of um, good bit of base work there, getting that kind of um, mileage out of a, a Tuesday morning workout. Got out for 30 minutes in the afternoon at 436s. 
the midweek long run on the Wednesday before work. I think I started at 6 to be home by 7.30. was um, 90 minutes at 4.26s. Um, and then, yeah, Thursday was like my real easy day, just 60 minutes at the morning at 4.40s. And then Friday, I went to do a track workout. We um, we got a whole heap of rain, though, on the Thursday night. And I thought our grass over would have been okay. But then I rocked up there at, like, quarter past six in the morning, and the sprinklers are on as well. So I quickly just got out of the car and tested it out a bit. But it was, like, it was ruined. It was just, like, just running through puddles everywhere. So I thought, all good. I'll program the workout I was going to do into my watch and just do it on the road. So the workout was meant to be 500 at about like three minute K pace, 200 meters jog into like 200 meters and about three K pace into a hundred meters jog. And I was going to do that seven times because um, I got this track 5K coming up this Friday night. I really wanted to just do a whole stack of laps to kind of get used to that fatigue of going around in circles. Um, but I programmed it into my watch incorrectly, which I didn't realize until yeah, so I got the 500 done, and then my watch, then I had the 200 jog, but then I only had the 100 meters in, not 200, and like my watch was, I did it for like three sets, and I'm like, this is stupid, my watch is just beeping, and I'm doing 100 meters, and I was trying to like, you know when they're like programmed workouts, and if you hit the lap button, it automatically just skips to the next step of the workout, it was totally my fault, I, I made a mess of the workout in my watch, and I tried to fix it while I was doing, and it didn't, um, yeah, it didn't work. So I stopped the workout about 3K in, and then I just looked through what other workouts I had in my watch, and I found one that was like 80-second reps with a minute jog. So I just did nine of those to kind of like jog back and um, or get back to my car from kind of where I was. So a bit of a messy workout. I ended up doing about 5.5K at, at under three-minute pace, which was nice, but um, not what I wanted to be doing, and I was just annoyed. Annoyed that I stuffed it up. Shouldn't make those kind of mistakes. Um, but yeah, that happens. Got out for 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4.35s after work. Saturday, 70 minutes easy at 4.30s. Sunday, did two hours at 3.58s. Um, same thing, Croaks. It was 11 degrees. Mm. I put in my Strava notes that when the cool change comes through, because we've been training like hot weather for like two or three months, haven't ran in 11 for a long time. Um, and yeah, four-minute pace felt like 4.20s has felt the last couple of weeks. So probably a combination of getting a bit of fitness back. And at the same time, the weather cooling down a bit, which makes it a bit easier to work in. So that was good. And I felt fine the last half an hour. I think a bit of a sign of fitness is when you can still run those two-hour long runs um, out the duration of time. You're not struggling over the last 20, 30 minutes. So that was a week of 142. Got no idea where my fitness is at, but I'm going to find out this Friday night because I've got that 5K frenzy. So um, yeah, looking forward to getting on the track and Seeing how things go. Got a prediction for me, boys? When am I going to run for 5K? 14. 5, uh, uh, 14. 48. I'll take that. Yeah, I was, I was 14.45. Take that. That's what shape you're in now, Jamus. 14.45. Reckon tell, it would be similar. Didn't you reckon tell me that during the week? Yeah, I reckon uh, that'd be about right. I'm not looking forward to racing it Friday night at like 8.30 p.m., though. But going back to school this week, cooked me crooks. I was in bed at like 8.30 on Friday night. <laughs> you working Friday? Yeah. I um, So I've got a different role at school this year where I've got to start a bit earlier too. So that's why my runs are a bit early in the morning. So I kind of have to be at my desk at 8 a.m. So um, whereas last year I was starting at 9 all the time. So 
yeah, it'd be a big day working um, in the classroom Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But we'll see what happens. It's a good field. There's a few good young Bendigo kids who I reckon will be around that 14, 45 to 15 minutes. So jump in there and have a bit of fun, which will be good. So it is a good event. Yeah, and I think the weather's meant to be pretty good too, like 13k an hour winds, which is pretty rare for that track because it's kind of opened and on the kind of top of a hill. So, um, yeah, we should be right. Should be right. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll get a good indication of what kind of form we're in. Um, thanks to Patreon supporters, boys. Want to kick it off, Bradley? All right. I've got Michael Rubino from Altona, Victoria. Uh, looks like he's just getting back into running after a two-month break. I... Uh, I think he's been overseas and he says he's been drinking lots of beer and eating lots of food. Uh, ran his first sub 40 minute 10K at last year's Albert Park 10K where he ran 39.51 and has an 88 minute half marathon PB from Run Melbourne. think he might be a student at the Australian Catholic University studying a Bachelor of Education in Mathematics. So, uh, smart guy doing the maths. High IQ. Moose, who you got? Martin. Now, this is a perhaps, could be Martin Hoare from Dublin. Very solid PB. So 14.56, 5K, 30.49, oh, 30, yeah, sorry, 30.49, 10K, and a 66.59 at the 2022 Bohemian, Bohemian mm, Athletic yeah, Bo- Club. Bohemian, I guess, yeah. Bohemian Athletic Club Half Marathon. And a marathon of 2.20.22 at last year's Dublin Marathon. So that's um, – he's definitely an endurance athlete. He gets better as it go, gets longer by the looks of that. Dublin's pretty hilly too, isn't it? No idea. I've never think, been there. I think it is pretty hilly marathon, Dublin. That's the peak of him, isn't it, 2.20? Isn't that where Scullion run under 2.10? He mm, did it at That's Seville, wasn't it? Or Seville. I reckon he definitely did it at Berlin. Scullion does do it a bit, but I'm not sure if he ran under two ten. I think he's. I think he's only been under once. Oh, look, he might. I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was Seville, maybe. Maybe he came off Doha and then ran like two eleven and won, won the race at Dublin. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Anyway, you keep talking. Uh, he might be. A, he might work at Trinity College, Dublin. So if it's not uh, this Martin. Then we've given a pump up for some random bloke from Dublin. Two oh nine forty nine at London, two thousand and twenty in October. That would have been the one around in circles, wouldn't it? No, it was. Yeah, the COVID yeah. one in the rain. Was it wet? Yeah. But let me check. Yeah, that was in, that's impressive from him there. Let me check where um what other marathons he's got here. Uh, he won Dub. I'm I'm sure yeah, he of won, it. Well, he ran two twelve at Dublin in two thousand nineteen. I'm just on his, you know, his profile, how it just shows you their progression, so it doesn't tell you, like, everything they do. You can go into results, results and just yeah, check by the year. Search the year. Mm. Yeah, I'm on that now. Boston, DNF at the Olympics for 2021. This is bad radio. Let me check. Yeah, let's move on. Again. Let's... Chevron 211. Anyway, it's your mate from the World Champs. Moose, that's what you're saying. Thanks for your support, though, Martin, if that's you. I'm going to thank Brennan Fitzpatrick from Coburg in Victoria. He's a pharmacist and, according to his Instagram bio, is a sensible decision maker. Looks like he has a couple of kids. Not sure if these are his PBs, but he has run 2010 at the Maribyrnong Park Run in 2016, 44 16 at the 2019 Albert Park 10K, and 136 at the 2015 Melbourne 
half marathon and he's got a marathon PB potentially of 3.39 at the Melbourne Marathon in 2019. Albert Park 10K in 2019, Brady? Is that the year you and I raced? Yeah. Probably the last time you raced, isn't it? All right. Uh, well, I beat you that day. I don't need to race again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Carly told me I'm not allowed to talk to you about your races. She thinks I get into you too much about picking uh, races. So Thanks, Carly. It's sensitive. A bit sensitive, you reckon? Mm, I'm fine. Go easy on him, she said, before I got on air tonight. Stop picking on him for not racing. Anyway, new Patreon series, guys. is coming out soon. We've got, our, we've got our panel locked in. Three people all gearing up towards the same marathon. Started putting some teasers on Instagram the other day. A lot of people guessed the panel, actually. There's a lot of excitement. A lot of people guessing that these three people won't announce it yet. It's going to be 10 weeks serious, we think. Nine weeks leading into the race. And then one week afterwards. Um, one hint for you. The three different panel members, co-hosts, were all born in a different country. How's that for a hint, boys? You want me to guess? Now, you know it, because you've, you've done a big part of organising two of the guests in particular. Well, it'll be really. good i'm looking forward to this if you're on patreon just don't go anywhere because we're bringing you something big christian and toby coming up next week as well i think those two boys and heaps of bonus episodes coming out early if you're on patreon over the weekend you would have got our holly campbell her interview that's coming up maybe next week maybe during the week um you would have got that on saturday and you would have got kai robinson on sunday so plenty of reasons to sign up and support us on Patreon. Try to look after people with some rewards there. Now with two distance options, half marathon and 10K, Hoka, runaway Sydney half marathon, will return to the streets of Sydney on Sunday, the 21st of May. The Sydney Morning Herald half marathon has been part of Australia's running calendar since 1992, with the latest evolution seeing it become Hoka, runaway Sydney half marathon. Runaway Sydney will now join three incredible destination running events across Australia and New Zealand as part of the Runaway Marathon series. Don't just run one, run them all. Enter now at runawaysydneyhalf.com.au and save with early entry fees. Let's go to running news, boys. Box Hill Burn. Over to you first, Moose. Tell us about this one. Some quick times. It's a good event. I really like watching this. They do. They seem to do it well. It seems to go off kind of without a hitch there and gets a lot of um, uh, like a lot of a good cross section of the running community that gets seeded into the right heats and it's a good chance for a PB uh, for anybody that shows up, even the top guys, maybe not the very top guys like the 1330 guys, but the next level down, even good chance for PBs there. So in the main race uh, or before we go into the main race, Shout out to uh, your mate from Bendigo, Scott Salwood, Brady. My mate from Bendigo, yeah, Scott How Salwood. about that? Well, watching the um, Box Hill burn, I'm like, I'll tune in early. And we got H division going on, which a few good run strongers in that race. And then you see this massive fellow with a big T-shirt, rolling a T-shirt in the front pack. I'm like, gee, he's a big-looking unit, good-looking fella. And they, he's getting called as Salwood. Like, oh, shit, we've got a Salwood and the – in the running race, this is exciting stuff. And in the end, I think uh, you called it maybe Brady five laps out. You're like, he'll win this. Yeah, yeah. And he, he he won it all right. He got going. Come on, strong, didn't he? Got that Bendigo strength about him. Works for Collingwood now too, I think, Scott Salwood. Used to play AFL, like the big game over here for international listeners. So, yeah, it's good to see yeah, him getting yeah. into running. Like him and Joel, they were both great at little athletics, but then obviously never pursued it because they played high-level um high-level footy, so it's good to see him back in the sport. 
wonder if Joel will come back as well. Yeah, he might be a little bit higher profile than Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Big fitness goals, though. I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting around. He'd definitely be keeping himself fit. I remember yeah. one day one day Joel came in the running company and was trying to swap ASIC shoes that he'd been given for something else because he's obviously he was sponsored or the club was by ASICs. So he'd bring him in and go, hey, can I swap these for something different? No, um, he didn't, did he? Yes, he, yes, he did. What was, your, what was your response, Moose? I didn't actually serve him at the time, but I'm pretty sure they said, no, we can't do that for you. <laughs> uh, you tight bastard, you're on 800 grand a year, buy a fucking buy a pee out of your own money. Did he have a different personal sponsor? Like, was he Nike? Or was he ASICS? No, I don't, I don't know. I thought he was ASICS. I thought it, but he, I could be wrong. He's just got too wrong. many of them. He's just trying to shift a few. Yeah. <laughs> few, Scott was in the Alpha Flies, wasn't he? The bright orange Alpha Flies. And he came and got some hockers from the store the other day. Did he? Yeah. He this is the most we've ever spoken about a D-grade 5K in our life here, but this is good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good to good to see the, the footy players down there. I like that. Yeah. Hopefully we can see him in a Bendigo bat single over winter. Let's talk of that. Oh, yeah, okay. So let's move on now then. Um, <laughs> Box Hill Burn 5K. In the um, ladies' race, Georgia Hansen uh, was pretty clinical in how she won. She just sort of got to the front. Stella Radford sat on her and then tried to hold on for as long as she could, but 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 Hansen just kept, kept rolling laps and, and then got progressively quicker and ended up finishing really strong. 15.43 she ran, which is... Solid. Uh, Stella Radford broke 16, 15.56, and Sarah Klein, 16.21. In the men's race, uh, it's a pretty odd little race. Seth O'Donnell, he paced Andre Waring, and I, I reckon, like I don't know for sure, but it seemed like Liam Adams probably wanted to be in that same pack, but he fell at the, at the gun. He went down, um, and then he had to come from way back, run around the pack, and then try to bridge across to the front group all within sort of two two or three laps. And he never made it on, really. So he kind of just got stuck in no man's land. Uh, so Andre was out front. And when Seth left, he continued to be out front. And he ran 13.48. So he slowed considerably because I believe they're on 13.30 pace through at least 3K. And it looked like it got pretty hard out there. And then the next couple of packs were, were rolling really well together. So Lockie Hurd was second in 13.58. So massive from him breaking 14 minutes. And then there was um, a big pack finishing on the line with Alistair Christie coming third, 14.01. Do a good job of the stream, especially when they do that split camera down the straight. So you can actually yeah. see what's happening like further back in the field. Yeah, I like it. I, mm. I, I like the event. And oh, they had a 1K races, so I didn't watch these. I think I'm – these might have been I on – I think they were even on the um, yeah. the feed. Yeah. I think they had technical issues. It was piss and rain for a bit. Uh, Matt Hussey, first, 223.82. And then Luke Shaw, 225. And Wolfgang Kotra Nemesi, 225 as well. And then the ladies, Abby Caldwell was first, 241. Sarah Billings second, 243, and Madeline Wright in 243 for third. Good stuff. Vic Croaks, New South Wales, Milers meet. 
Yeah, so it was on the same night. Um, we'll start off with the 3K. So that was won by Bailey Habler. Uh, he'll be running the under-20 race at World Cross. He ran 8.15. Luke Hintz uh, was second, 8.19, and Hamish Hart third in 8.32 in the women's. Claudia Meeker was first in 9.48. Bronwyn Hager second, 9.53, and Piper Simpson third in 10.11. And then the 800 was the other sort of main event for the night. Uh, Jayla Hancock Cameron, she won in 2.06, beat Georgia uh, Wassell, who was also 2.06, and Amelia May was 32.12. Uh, ben Jagger, he won the men's race, 149. Uh, Mark Ger- uh, Gerard was second, 152, and Oscar Percy was third in 153. Um, and then that following, a few days later, the Sun Run, um, fun run that happens in the north, northern beaches, uh, Tommy DeCando, uh, shoe geek man, um, he's back rolling. He got the win in 30-26, beat James Nippris 30-51, and Lachlan Bryant was third in 31-48. So I should say this is a, a 10K event. In the women's, Ainsley uh, Minar was first in 34-10. I wonder if that's Ainsley Van Grand, but I wonder if she's been married recently, and that's her new surname. Yeah, it um, was because I saw the photo. Yeah, okay, so she was... First, uh, Ella Logan was second in 34-21. Uh, they had Rosie Weber down as third, but I think Lexi Gilmore may have run in her bib. So I think Lexi Gilmore was third in 35-02. Okay. Good, good to see Tommy back. Yeah, he gets yeah, a bit quick. does, doesn't he? Yeah. He's been doing a little bit, but not a huge amount. And then he comes out. Yeah. It's a hilly course, isn't it? Yeah, it is a hilly course. Yeah. Probably in sub-30 shape, old Tommy DeCano. Easy. 3026. Marigami happened over in Japan. Listeners will remember that this is the place where Brett Robinson set the Australian record. What was that, two years ago? I reckon it was two, two years, years yeah. ago. Yeah, two years. when he broke 60 minutes for the first time. Um, we had kind of the usuals over there. I think Sinead and Ali has done it a few, few times. Go with the women's race first. Didn't get to see much of the footage there. Only kind of got to see him coming in on the track. Um, Izzy Bat Doyle was there, and she came third. She just looked like she got Sinead... Um, we kind of went past her, we've kind of like 50 metres to go as they came into the stadium and finished on the track there. She ran a PB 69.27. Sinead was fourth in the race in 69.29. Aloise Wellings, not sure on position, but I know she came in at 72.17. Was big talk about Sinead Diver potentially breaking the Australian uh, marathon record. A lot of people sliding into my DM saying she's in the shape of her life at the moment. If you've got a bet going and moves, definitely take that one load up. Um, but didn't quite get there. But not a disaster for Sinead. Only like, what, a PB is 68.50. So Who's come up with this chat? Well, you came up with it first. You were the one that told me about two weeks ago that, like, Sinead Diver is in the shape of her life, never been fitter. But I didn't say, no, the chat about her breaking the record. Who's Who came up with that chat? Yeah, well, then I started that one. I thought, well, I reckon she'll probably break the Australian <laughs> record that again. Then. You I, started that chat. I came up with it, the hype, and the Instagram people agreed with me because I think about 60, 60% of the people voted that the Australian record would go down, which is what, Krog, 67, what what was it, Benitez? Still got it. High, 67.55 or something? Yeah, 48, something like that. Should not have mm. top of my head, but don't have it in front of me. Um, she's definitely capable of it, Sinead, off her, off her 10K and her marathon. She'll get yeah, it one but... day, just not on the weekend. How many times does someone run and get an Australian record? 
You just think it happens every single weekend. I picked Brady, it and Brady and does, it, didn't I? Brady does love talking it up. Does love the hype of just throwing out an Aussie record. The numbers were all matching up. Even so fit, she's like, yeah, she's in the shape of her life. Moose, shape of her life. It's just like, well, it's going to happen. Just not just not at Marigami on the weekend. So I do owe you a six-pack of beers, Moose. You owe me 12 beers. No, it was a six-pack. If I won, I got a... No, so it was a six-pack of craft or 12 of regular. Was it? Yes. Okay. Yep. So if Moose just wants regular, then it's twelve. Otherwise, it's six of craft. I went to Aldi today and got a six pack of regular. I'll yeah. go down and get another six pack tomorrow and give it to you at Bathurst. Then. No, no. I get to pick no, what no, regular. No, no, it's not in the conditions. Of not course conditions. it is. I'm not taking your fucking Aldi beer. Yeah, Aldi beers are coming your way at Bathurst, mate. That's what you'll be drinking when you're not in the media accreditation spot. You'll be drinking that at the coaches section of Bathurst. Yeah. <laughs> There is no coaches section. I've got to buy my own ticket. What? No. Surely they put all the coaches in the section. Well, no, no probably the official coaches they do, but not the... Uh, not the individual not, coaches. Not the plebs that, um, that pay their AA fees. Oh, and, uh, really? Who are, the official co- who are the official coaches, Moose? I'm not exactly sure. Sh- all I know is the women's coach. So the women's coach uh, is Jodie Erbacher, who is... Uh, uh, sorry. Brielle's um, mum. Brielle, yeah. I, I I don't know. I didn't ask, but I'm assuming that. I think, um, it's, I think it's Brielle's mum. I'm assuming it is, but yeah. So Jody's been helpful um, in uh, sort of just sending through um, information and stuff about. So I saw a course today, a course video, like with uh, the course, like one of the organisers um, commentating, like the different sections of it. And then I also saw a, a, a point of view video for someone who's run the course and they just took a camera with them, like a GoPro or whatever. And it looks very, very difficult. And I've heard from someone well in athletics that it's harder than Denmark and it's the hardest cross country course they've ever seen. This is, right. this is someone who's been around athletics high end since like, 80s. Is it like sandy and stuff? I saw like the map, it's like Bondi Beach section and like the there's boomerang a, there's section. There's a 20 metre section of sand, deep, dry sand, like running on a beach. And then there's like a 20 metre section of mud that's proper mud. And then there's like a full downhill section that's very cambered. There's one that's like a 100 metre climb with the average gradient, 9%. Oh, shit. Um, there's apparently like one section where you're going up a hill, but you're also going around corners. So it's mm. like a, um, yeah. uh, like a slalom type thing, almost like a slalom type thing. And then there's one where it's really rough ground, like through a paddock sort of setup. Yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. Might do Bathurst Park Run instead, I reckon, Moose, <laughs> than the golden yeah. ticket race. Can you send me that? I want to check it out. Yeah, yeah, I'll send them through later. Friday um, morning hill session, Brady, from the uh, from our accommodation. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, yeah a couple of 1K reps on a flat road nearby <laughs> out in the farm. <laughs> Anyway, it'll be it'll it'll really. I, I think if you you get go out too hard, you're going to be in some serious strife out there. Mm, going to be some good viewing then on the Saturday. Back to the men at Murugami though. Jack Rayner was there. He was the headliner from the Australian point of view. He was ninth and sixty-one twenty-four. Put on his Strava, not not great, not bad kind of thing. Um, his PB sixty-one oh one, so he wasn't far off his PB. That was from Cardiff back at the. Commonwealth Games Half Marathon Championships back, um, what would that been, 2018, 2019, I reckon. 
Riley Cox was also in action. He ran a PB at 62.43. You got any comments in general, boys, about the results there? Who'd you like? What'd you like seeing? Uh, Women's coverage was terrible. Yeah. I was obviously a big breakthrough for Izzy. Um, I don't think Sinead would be super stoked with that result, just given, um, you know, the recent shape she's been in, especially over the marathon. Um, she probably would have, was expecting to go a bit quicker, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, and obviously Eloise had a rough day. And Jack, like, the year that he's had, he probably expected to go and run, like, maybe not break Brett's record, but he probably expected to run, like, 60 low, I'd say, just given on what he's done this year and his 10K on the track. He was with him at 5K. <laughs> Sorry, do you think that it really is a breakthrough for Izzy running that time? Uh. Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess that, yeah, I suppose 69.27, it's not, uh, like, it's 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 fast, but it's not, yeah, I guess if, you know, if you looked at a guy that's run 15.06 for, 15.04 for, yep. for 5K and 31.40 for 10, yep. then you go, yeah, they should they should be running 69, shouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't think it was a breakthrough. I thought I thought she would run a lot quicker than that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just head-to-head, you know, I guess it's good, you know, anytime you're beating Sinead over, you know, a half, um, yeah, yeah, you, it's, a, it's a good scout. That's true. Mm. Uh, the other bit of news, boys, was Centro is coming to Australia for the Murray Plant and maybe the Adelaide in- Invitational as well. You see this news? Uh, the Olympic gold medalist from 2016. Hasn't done much for a while, but a big name, yeah. big draw card. Moose, the country. are you impressed, Moose, he's coming out? Oh, his name. I mean, he's a gold medalist in the 1500, and he's run, what, 330 for a 15? Yeah. So he's a good runner, um, no doubt, and he's, he's, he's performed well, but that was seven years ago, that, that, that gold medal. And you don't really see a lot of him much anymore, certainly not like a player in Diamond League meets anymore. I'd say, I'd argue that, that Stewie and Ollie are much higher profile athletes than him. Um, so no, I'm not, I'm not over the moon about it or anything it's a like bit that. Bit of a cash, bit of a cash grab, bit of a junk. You reckon, Croaks? Yeah. Do you reckon they'll tally him up, Stewie and Ollie? Well, if it, they're in the race, they will. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah I guess. Well, yeah, I was going to say he's coming off World Cross, but they're they're only doing a two k, so that won't um that won't affect him too much. Has he raced recently? No, no results at all from 2022. I think he's. Been, I think he's been injured for quite a while. He left Bowman too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because he went to. Did he go to the World Champs? What was it? Remember, it was him and um, Cole Hocker. Cole Hocker beat him and the goose. No, that was to qualify for the Olympics. Mm. Yeah, Can't he got be. ran out of the heat. Uh, no, he was ninth in the semi-final at Tokyo. Didn't progress to the final. You still get people through the gates. Like people want to go and see him run. Well, the people going through the gates probably already going through anyway. And it's a bit of an added bonus that you get yeah. to see him. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's showing up because. He's there, like might, anyone extra. Might get a bit you? of extra media, though. You know what mm. I mean? A bit of extra Perhaps. hype. Do the pre-race previews of, you know, Ollie and Stewie against Olympic champ. And did you see it's going to be um, streamed on 7 Plus app? Yeah, 7 2 um, or something too, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, I think it's just going to be through the app. I don't know if it's on actually, like, live TV, um, but that's good. That's good. That would be cool, yeah. That's I mean, that's be. great. I don't know how they did that, but that's awesome. Well, because I heard like Bruce is going to be commentating. Um, yeah, so you know, anytime you're getting 
um, Bruce on an athletics commentary, it's you know bound to be pretty good. You gonna go, yep. Moose? It's a Thursday after um, World Cross, isn't it? On the weekend. Well, it's the um, I think I will because it's the night before I fly out. So I'm thinking oh, yeah. about I think I'm about going to Melbourne, go to the meet, and then just go to the airport in the morning. Jeez, how good your you? life? <laughs> Bathurst, you go to the athletics meet, and then you go to Japan, and then you go on a holiday, aren't you? Oh yeah. Well, it's, I've, I've I didn't go on a holiday last year, mate. No, no, I'm just saying it's a good. It's good. It's all close together. There, it'll be a fun couple of weeks for you. Yeah, well, I'm going to be away from. I'm going to Bathurst, Miss. Spent not spending time with my daughter. I'm about daughter time. Getting to the river last year, didn't you? Hey. Oh, that was that was to see oh. my sister. That was not a holiday. <laughs> Get to spend time with Croaks and Viv instead, Moose. Yeah, I didn't realise it was a partner's trip. No, Viv's coming. Is Viv's the coming. kids coming? Viv, Viv's been no nah, kids. Kids aren't coming, but uh, Viv's been so keen on this World Cross for a long time. I can't can't say stay home. The so man Moose in bunk beds, Croaks. What's the sleeping arrangements? No, we've got like a five-bedroom mouse. Do we? We've got a bedroom yeah. edge. Yeah. Oh, we've got cool. a few spare beds. Start selling them off. Start selling I, them off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. i got a, I got a, I got a friend coming up. Well, we might be able to make money out of it then. Yeah. Tell him it's 450 <laughs> bucks a night and he can have a bedroom. Yeah, I'll, I'll sort him a bed. <laughs> all right, listen to question, Croaks. Uh, all right. The question is, how will you train slash guide your kids if they show big potential in running? Uh, like the training style you'd use whether you get them a coach, et cetera, and do you want them to be runners? Question for all three of you, and that comes from Jamie Riddington. Good question. Good question, Jamie. Mm. Mm. Haven't thought about it too much. I do, when we go to like running events, wherever I take Hudson anywhere though, people often ask him like, are you gonna be a runner like your dad? And you just like, that question has started already. And I hope he doesn't have pressure. And it's a bit, I suppose it's different being in a small community as well. You'd probably notice it moves more than Croaks because Canberra's a bit bigger than Anglesey. But you kind of got those people that know you and know your story and stuff. So, like, it's a question that he's going to get, and Olivia, um, as they get older. I'm very standoffish on that stuff. Like, even at school, like, parents try to, when I go to little aths, like, if they see me to the athletics tournament and stuff, I just sit back and don't get engaged in it, don't. Like, I just don't like junior athletics much at all. Maybe because I didn't do it myself. So I won't be um, pushing them at all and won't be um, getting a coach yeah. for them. And we'll just be, I want to get them involved in all the team sports. Like, that's running is very lonely. And if they want to run at 16, 18, then I'd maybe um, help them out a bit. Yeah, I want them to do like a wide variety of activities, like all the way up until their teenagers. Um, and you know let them choose you know running like i said i think i said last week that like both my brothers did little a's i never did um my parents never ran and like you know like i found running or running found me like i was never Mm -hmm. sort of like had to do it because you know my parents had done it and you know i think for any anyone to be good at anything at the top level like you've got to want to do it so there's no way i'll be forcing my kids to run i just want them to be active um, and enjoy doing a ro- wide variety of things. And, you know, so many top juniors, like it's it's a min- the minority that actually make it. Like you see so many great juniors and then you're like, you know, so say they're 15, 16 and they're running well. And then six years later, you're like, oh, remember that, that kid? Like what happened to him? So, you know, I can probably think of maybe three or four that have been good juniors that have actually really kicked on. 
Um, so I think if anyone is going to be a good runner, they're better off focusing on it, you know, from late teens, early 20s, and then, you know, run well when you're mid, mid to late 20s. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Yep. And that, like, I'm similar. I, I see running as something to get, come to later once you, uh, you've been through the team sport thing. I'm not saying team sports are for everyone, but there's a certain amount of social skills that you learn, and and there's I think it is good to be part of a, a community like a, a team sports club. Uh, it's where you form a lot of connections with people, and you don't like running. You live in your head, so you you you're all it's all for yourself in Australia. I think it is different in America where you look at the the high school system and college system is it's very team oriented and you're around big number of people at training like it's all school like group training and you're not sent out there by yourself every day for like all this alone time Um, and it's who you become at such an early age that when it doesn't go your way it's just like you deal with it yourself whereas a team you have other people to feed off and uh, you like you you ride the highs with other people and you ride the lows with other people. It teaches you how to, um, I guess, be part of a group. And um, and I, I I hate the I hate the idea that that like my daughter would do something that w- that's so like you said lonely. Um, I think we're emotionally mature enough to do that as adults, but but maybe not as as juniors that's for sure and even just handling the um handling the the stress of of hard running um putting yourself in hurtful positions and that's what training can be it can hurt like it's stressful you get you do a hard workout and you you actually have to deal with some adversity during that workout and if you're doing that three times a week for years that can start to have a bit of an effect on you. Yeah. So, so I, I like the idea of cruising through and, and spending time with friends doing team sports. Yeah, it also leads to like a lot of um, like not being – because running doesn't work well with like partying, staying out late, all those kind of things. Like if you were diehard serious from that 14 through to, you know, 18, I'd hate for Hudson to be saying, no, he's not going to a birthday party sleepover because he has to – do a long run the next morning at 15 or 16 or had a race or something like that coming up. Like Yuck. I want him doing all those fun things. And then like, yeah, if you're into running, let's start taking it a bit serious when you want to do it. But I think they will, all our kids will have that bit of pressure on because they see us, like he always asks about it like already at three. I also think if you're training from a young age, like you're less likely to still be enjoying it when you, you know, in your early to mid twenties because you've just trained so hard. And I think what a lot of juniors find is um, those that train quite hard as juniors, they do have success because they're just, you know, they're obviously developed a lot further than a lot of people they're racing against. So they have this success and it's almost the, the success that keeps them going and then they get to 18, 19, and then no longer, or 20, and they're no longer a junior anymore, and they're not winning races. And so that, you know, maybe they don't get as much enjoyment because they're not winning. Whereas, like for me, like I got, I used to get detentions at school for not training for cross country because I just absolutely hated running. 
And then when I got into it, I was crap. And so the reason, so I wasn't winning anything, but I just enjoyed seeing myself improve. And so I feel like I was doing it then for the right reasons. Whereas, um, you know, we see juniors have that real tough transition from juniors to seniors because they're so used to winning everything and then they get to seniors and they don't. And they're like, well, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. You go look through the under 20 results at like the Vic champs or the national championships and just and see where people end up. Mate, even some of the stars out there, the star juniors now, have a look. Kids at, that go to world juniors and stuff. Yeah, even just have a, have a look at others from the training groups they're part of and go, where are they now? Yeah. And it's it's so easy to see the groups that throw hard training and throw mileage at someone. And, yeah, of course you're going to start performing when you're a junior because that's not what it's about then, like – you shouldn't be copying that sort of heat. But then look at those athletes and they're just fizzled and burned. And, oh, yeah, it's, it's actually think, sad. Like if you started running at 19 and strung together, you know, a good seven, eight years, you're going to be running well as a 27, 28-year-old. And, that's, yeah. and that's, what, that's when you want to be running well, not when you're 14, 15. Exactly. Yeah. Good question, Jamie. Moves on the loose. Oh, um. I, I, I've been quite against the whole junior thing, like the celebration of, oh, this person ran the fastest K, but only eight countries record the times and there's no record for it, but we're going to celebrate it anyway or whatever. Like it's, it, So this was part of it. You guys did a pretty good job there. Um, so I'm going, to let, I'm, going to, I'm going to leave that to you blokes and just say well done, Brady and Brad, for a taking over my moose on the list well i'll give you all right let's let's go an example here so um because i've been in canberra a long time now there was a, a guy uh josh Torley. you guys heard of josh Torley? yeah so, i remember the name yeah so i was racing against him say you know, canberra times 10k fun running like 2014 15 and at this at this time he's like he's a 13 year old and there was talk then about he had broken a 10k 13 or 14 year like you know for, for 13 or 14 year olds and like he did run well like he ran uh like he, he broke some aussie records over like maybe 3k um he's run he ran sub 8 10 i think it was as like a 16 year old and like he's he's quit the sport when he should actually be in his prime right now so, like, there's an example where there was talk about, like, him breaking a world record. It was over 10K on the road. Um, did break some Aussie records as a junior. And, you know, uh, I'm not exactly sure what age he would be now. He'd be, I don't know, he'd be mid, mid-20s, mid I guess. Yeah. And he's, why and, he's not, and he's not running. I don't know. He's Because um, he went to world, uh, did he go to world uh, schools cross or something like that? But he was, like, he was a very good runner. Um hmm. But, you know, he finished high school and he, he went out and got a trade. And um, I did see his name pop up in a fun run recently because you know, his brothers and sisters, they run, a, they still travel around to a lot of the country fun runs. And, you know, but he was more like, you know, a 40-minute 10K runner now. Um, so, yeah, that's a shame, you know, whereas maybe if he started a bit later, um, he'd still be going. I don't know. There's one, there's one example. Anyway. You'd pull 50, 100 examples like that same way. 
That is what I just don't rate like anything under kind of 18 I don't really pay that much attention to and we've copped some flack in the past about not talking about junior results enough on the show because I'm just like I know how this uh, ends that. 95% of the time and I'm not going to celebrate it and it's like yeah when they make it to a good senior level and like puberty is the biggest one like the kids go through puberty at all different stages and it's not actually an even playing field you know when you're, when you're racing sometimes because you look at the kids who have developed a bit earlier and they're smashing everyone um, and yeah, I just just wait till they're seniors. So Josh was born nineteen ninety nine. I do hate the media around it though. Like every, I, I don't think we should be celebrating it. I think you were very smooth with your words when we talked about um, Cameron Myers a couple of weeks ago, Moose. When he mm. ran like three forty, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said something like, you know, yes, he's a junior. Like we don't need to get too ahead of ourselves or anything like this. Like don't want to ruin his life and critique every single thing he does. Maybe Croaks was that was Croaks. Nah, I think you said it. Whatever you said a couple of weeks ago, like. But I guess he's at the age now where he's starting to. And we, I talked to Kai about it in this interview. Like, even he went to college, I think, in two thousand and twenty. And even the junior standards from two thousand twenty through to now two thousand twenty three are so much um, like higher that he wouldn't he wouldn't be going to college now with the times he ran just two or yeah, three years yeah. ago because it's like so everyone's getting quicker and then the quicker times bring the media people need to train harder um yeah it'd be interesting case study to see what happens in five or ten years like are we just gonna have people peaking at 22 and not 28 yeah because back so in the day that's what i was told i'm like you just yeah you're 28 to 32 is kind of like your best years yeah, so Josh Josh would be turning 24 this year, and so as a 17-year-old, he's running 345 for 1500, 8.06 for 3K, 14.15, um, 29.58 for 10. Like, you know, a massive amount of potential, but, he, like, he, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have peaked at that age. He'd well, still he be, might have, though. He might have been training like a 25-year-old. Yeah, but I still think, you know, he should still have run faster as a 24-year-old than he yeah. would have as a 17, 18-year-old, but he's he's not running anymore. Yeah. Anyway, good conversation about junior results. Um, interview this week, boys. Kai Robinson spoke about about, about um, 15 seconds ago. Uh, caught up with him yesterday, Sunday. This boy's the real deal. He's only 20, so remember that when you're listening to this episode. 20-year-old. He's ran 13, 11, 27, 44. The fastest ever 10K boys from an Australian at an Olympics, Commonwealth Games, or World Champs. Did you know that? No Australian has run quicker, 27.44. Um, loves the pressure, loves the big stage, keep an eye on him at Bathurst. Um, I do make one mistake when I talk about his race at the World Champs. I say there was a big Keely in the race that ran 7.52. I meant 12.52. Um, so when you get to that, you know what's coming up. Hope you boys enjoy it. Haven't listened to it yet. But, uh, yeah, put in your ears and let me know what you think. What's coming up? Adelaide Invitational, 800, 1500, 3K, Chase 5K. I have heard, though, they're scrapping a few events due to lack of interest. Heard the same thing, boys? Only for our Instagram account. Yeah. Where are at? Adelaide Invitational is this week. I think there's are they eight... scrapping events? Yeah, maybe women's 1500. Mm-hmm. 15, yeah. Or 5K, maybe both. Which mm. you'd think some people must be in town, mustn't they, for the World Cross Country? Well, I guess it's a tough one in that, like, maybe a lot of people, so 1,500, 5K, that that distance community probably want to go and maybe run the golden ticket race or something, and, you know, so there's not as much interest in running this track meet. Do you think, what's going to happen in this golden ticket race? Do you think people are going to run it to try and qualify for the next day? 
Some will. 100% yeah. some will. And, and, and I mentioned to you boys off air, like originally I thought it was a really cool sort of concept. Um, but then the more I think of it, I'm like, I, I just, part of me doesn't agree with it because one, you're going to have people on the start line at World Cross who firstly don't deserve to be there because they didn't qualify through the trials. But not only that, they're going to be on the start line cooked because they've raced the day before. Um, and it, I don't know, I feel like it just cheapens, you know, the iconic World Cross, which is like the toughest event, running event in the world. And you've got, you know, you've got a, basically a fun run the day before for people to be on the start line. I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I've said the same thing from the start. I, I think the trials were there, the selection policy, you get picked to run for your country, you run World Cross. There shouldn't be some sneaky back door to get in as well. I, I don't think it – I think it devalues the, the, the making of the team. And I, I don't reckon – like if – I mean, say Brady, both of us, we, we have a great run, we get golden tickets, I'm not running the next oh, day. Nah, no way. A, because I want to drink beers on the Friday after the race. And B, it's going to be embarrassing. I, I, I would feel embarrassed rocking up the next day knowing that I haven't earned that position on the start line, even if you are a bit back kind of thing. And you're going to be – and you'll be so sore and mm. battered from – even though it's even though you only have to run 6K and not oh, 10, I'm by the sounds of that course, it. people are going to be absolutely, like, sore. So then yep. rock, rock, rocking up at the World Cross race, sore. Yeah. No, none of the other competitors are going to be like that. They're going to be and in the best shape. It's a lapsed course too, isn't it? Like, why don't you get in the road of the big dogs? Because they're going to lap you. Oh, 2K is a fair way. 2K, way. six minutes. I don't know. Mm. They're going to run 28. You run 34. Nah, you're not getting lapped. But <laughs> some people will get lapped because I don't think – well, in my mind, I don't think the golden ticket will – be, like I don't think people will be going there with that intention. I think it's going to go to the 34-minute runner. I, I, I actually don't think there's going to be that many people who act who who are comfortable doing that, going and get that ticket and running. Yeah, you don't reckon? You don't reckon? I reckon there'll be a few that'll rock up for it. But guys that missed out at like Stromlo, like making yeah. the Australian team, the guys yeah, that come like 10th through to 20th. You think you're going to see them on the start line? Potentially, and then they'll you know make the um so finish in the top seven or whatever it is at golden ticket and then um try and maybe knock a few of the aussie team members off the next day is that like which, it, which i don't like i don't like yeah. that look either that somebody that's been selected puts pressure has, on has to then worry worry yeah. about somebody who qualified the day before making you know making them look bad sort of thing we've going nothing on, to lose i should have been on the team not that person yeah unnecessary I, yeah. pressure hmm. yeah that's a, yeah what happens if we say you do come seventh, Moose, and you give up your spot? Does it roll down to the guy who comes eighth? Like someone might, someone might come twenty third in the golden ticket race and get a spot. <laughs> I don't reckon. I don't reckon it would. I reckon it's. I hope not. Do you reckon you get an actual golden ticket? That'd be cool uh, if they gave you one of those across the line. <laughs> Did you see that there's take it um, to school, show the kids? Perhaps some beds opened up in the. Oh well, why don't we go through? Who's did I see New Zealand aren't sending anybody? Uh, New Zealand are sending four uh, teams. Oh, yeah. Sam Tanner's in the mix, really. So we just had a good one over overseas on the weekend on indoor. But UK only sending one male. Yeah. What, yeah. like, it's a bit of a farce, isn't it? One male, one... one female. I think we talked about that with Kai. Yeah, right. So so in my mind, I'm like, what? 
that's are we getting to a position where like this this is not a valued race on the calendar anymore Canyon team got announced for that mixed relay as well the Australians to take care of them pretty easy I think Moose part of it comes down to where it is um, that people have other priorities you know later on in the season and they can't justify traveling all the way down here for it yeah whereas I think if it was say in Europe I think you'd see England sending a full team. Yeah, that's sad, isn't it? That's I guess they yeah. did pick a, a Southern Hemisphere uh, world champs. So, like, you're getting it in summer, basically, aren't you? It could be mm. 35 degrees at Bathurst when this race is on. Yeah. yeah let's hope not. Fuck. It could realistically be. That'd be awful. It's fairly inland, isn't well, it? We have, seen people, we have seen people collapse, though. Remember, Chapter Guy collapsed. When oh, it was, yeah, um, it was in Uganda. Yeah, yeah, went out hard, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's 32 there this Sunday. Isn't the race in the middle of the day as well? No, so the mixed relay is at 3.30, um, and then everything's after that. So the junior races are probably going to be um, the toughest ones because they'll be that sort of mid to late afternoon, but then the open races are more like 5 o'clock, um, 6 o'clock sort of time. At night? Yeah. Oh, that's still that's still going to be hot. It's still going to be hot, but you know, it maybe uh, yeah, maybe the sun's lost a little bit of its bite by then. Twenty six degrees, no, thirty two. Long time. That's a that's a big day on the piss at Bathurst. <laughs> if they're not racing until what seven p.m. or something. Well, that's what normally happens at Bathurst, except they're just watching <laughs> cars go by instead of runners. <laughs> what time's oh, our race on the Friday, Moose? I don't know. It's I, morning. I it's it? early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. it's all done by ten, I think. For you guys. Oh, jeez. Big Friday, big Saturday. Can't wait to get up there. It's going to be good. Anyway, boys, I'm going to end the show. Thanks for listening, ladies and gents. Enjoy this interview with Kai Robinson. See you, boys. See ya. See ya. This week's guest on the Inside Running podcast will be the youngest team member on the men's Australian cross-country team at Bathurst 2023. He has been one to watch over the last few years, showing amazing improvement when representing Australia, especially at the World Championships and the Commonwealth Games. Welcome to the Inside Running podcast, Kai Robinson. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for being here, mate. You're one of the guys that we've spoken about a lot over the last two years. It sounds, I'm sure we've, we're kind of like 270 plus episodes in, and you probably didn't get a mention for the first 150 episodes. But then over the last two years, your rise to success and, and what you've been able to achieve has been quite, um, and quite impressive. So looking forward to talking to you for a while. You're still in the States at the moment. Yeah. You're, you're not coming home just quite yet. Uh, no, I, I leave. I think Saturday is the plan. So I've got another week here and then fly back for a week and then come straight back to California. Yeah, flying visit. What does it mean to you to get picked in the Australian team for the cross-country champs? It's pretty special, especially to be on a home course. I mean, there's nothing nothing more you can ask for, like a debut on like home ground with family there, with friends driving down. So it's going to be exciting. Hopefully, hopefully the course is nice. Still haven't seen it fully like i've seen clips of it but it doesn't look like it's been like done up to its like 
like done it, I guess, done up yet, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. Do you, because a lot of the stuff you run on in CAAs looks very nice, whereas I've heard and seen a couple of pictures from Bathurst that it's not going to be so golf course friendly, I suppose. Like, have you, have you got any concerns about that or like you like it tough? Honestly, I prefer it tough. I yeah. feel like everything we run over here is like a golf course. Like yeah. it's all manicured nicely. It's rolled literally like the day before the morning of the event, like as you see a cricket pitch. And so to have something where it's, you know, a bit more character, a bit more grit, it's going to be more fun. Yeah. The decision, because um, you were home, but you didn't stick around for the trials. Like, was that a hard decision to make? And obviously just back that you'd be, um, you know, right with that discretion pick. Yeah, it was sort of one of those ones where I didn't want to stay for that extra two weeks because then I'd miss out on a fair bit of school and like intro or uni, I guess. And there were some races that I still was yet to qualify for in the NCAA over here that we wanted to get ticked off before, you know, potentially going for that world's cross team that thankfully I was able to get that discretionary slot. But I mean, there's still work to do. As I said, after I'm coming back from world cross, I think I got a race the next week after that. So going to have to rebound pretty quickly. Yeah. And with the guys you train with, like, how many of them are doing what you're doing? And I guess like in NCAAs in general, like a, a ducking off to the world champs and ducking off to the comm games and then go to the world cross country champs, like there wouldn't be many trying to fit in what you're doing? Um, Maybe not that sort of thing. I mean, Charles Hicks, he competes for Great Britain, so he's gone to do Euros. He's not doing Worlds. I don't, I'm not too sure why. But, yeah, I mean, we're trying to get more people sort of into that regime. Cole... Also, it was like going to US trials and trying to make that world team. So they're all trying to do it. Sometimes the US can be a bit harder to make than Australia, which is sometimes an issue. Yeah. And was it a nervous wait for you waiting for the team to get selected? Like, did you watch the trials at Stromlo and um, keep track of like, the results? And um, yeah, were you nervous? Yeah, I guess I wasn't able to watch the like race because it was the same day I was racing as well so it's sort of one of those ones where you can't you know get that like mentally fatigued by watching someone else race but as soon as i was done my race i went straight to the time sheets and saw oh fourth fifth sixth aren't that far off you know third place and that was sort of like the worry so after that there was obviously the oh i don't know if they're going to pick me like it's it can go either way like you could argue that someone else should have got in over me and that makes sense. But at the end of the day, you're in. managed you to get that uniform. final spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can prepare for it. Um, when you kind of, yeah, I think you make a good point about not having, you know, stuff that you can't control in your head on race day. It's kind of a good thing. But when you do put your name in for discretion, like do you just submit, tell me what it's like behind the scenes. I haven't had to do it myself. And I know a lot of our listeners wouldn't have, but like do you have to submit a bit of a bio about why and like some recent performances or anything like that? Or is it simply put your name in and then they do the research about why you should be in the team? Um, I think you'll like, I guess you just throw your name and they do the research, but I just did a little bit for them. So I like sent them an email. I was like, oh, here I am. Like I just come off the back of a cross country season here in the U S. And so it's one of those ones where I had some performances I could throw in and I had times to back it up on some pretty difficult courses against some pretty elite athletes. So 
I, I gave myself a little bit of a pump up. So whether they took that into consideration, I can't, I can't tell you what's going on inside the yeah, mind the of the selectors, but. Yeah. And clearly I'm, I'm expecting the win over Charles Hicks and um, Nico Young would have been in that paragraph, that bio somewhere there, yeah, the two guys yeah, that end up yeah. coming first and second at NCAA cross country. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. That's quite interesting. Um, we usually start the show by going through some people's PBs. So I'm going to start your 1500. I don't think you've done one for years. It's 352. I haven't done Is that correct? Yeah. 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 I mean, my mile PR is almost faster than that now. So. Oh, your second half of a 3K would probably be as well, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. Even, oh, definitely. Yeah. Even the last I mean, couple of laps of a 5K, I'm sure you've probably gone quicker than that. I'm fairly, I'm fairly sure I've like done the math and I, I have broken that record and. Yeah. The back end of that 5K at Worlds. So. We'll, we'll whiz past that one. Uh, your 3K, though, I think it was last week indoors at the Randall Tyson Indoor Center, 749. I've got that correct? Yep. Tell me about indoors. We sit here in Australia. You know what it's like in Australia because we don't have any, we don't have any tracks here. So we, we don't have any experience of running on them. But every time, especially last weekend, I think it was, uh, Boston, like you see the results out of the indoor tracks yeah. and they're always so quick. What's it like? Yep. Obviously, it's good to run past um, on. I feel like outdoor tracks, like it doesn't matter which outdoor track you're on. There's really not that much like variance. Whereas indoor, it's very like specific to what track you want to get on. So the two big ones are Boston, I feel like, and the UW track, which is an oversized 300 meter track. And so it's like, for some reason, people are just running ridiculously fast on there. Like I think Trackster did some like analysis or posted some article about like why Boston's like scientifically made for distance athletes to run fast on because it's like asymmetrically a banks. And so obviously they, they ran a bit faster than us the other week when they had a three K but indoor in general, I feel like it's a lot more like almost aggressive. You know, there's sort of like the gentleman aspect of outdoor running where you just get in the line and you do your job. Whereas indoor, you have to fight for that best position because if you've got the lead going into the last lap, no one's overtaking you on the bends. So you just need to sprint the sprint the straights and fend them off there. So it's it's a bit more like tactical even, which is something I like about it because I feel like I've had some positive experiences with it. But then at the same time, you get chewed out pretty quickly if you have a bad race. Yeah, and is it – sometimes it seems real time trial as well. I know you said tactical, but I think at this time of the season when people are kind of almost testing their fitness, it's like let's just go for this pace and see what happens and, and throw it all out there. And it seems like most of the time it comes off pretty well and people run pretty quick. Yeah, that's definitely the aspect. It's like pre-season and then the post-season. So pre-season, everyone in the whole NCAA is – fighting for those top 16 spots. And so it's literally time-based. So you have to go out there and time trial. There's no, there's no credit to going and winning a race of professionals if it's a sit and kick. And so you have to go out there. You have to hope your pace is fully on or if not better. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes it's not their day and that can affect everyone in the race. Yeah. So then moving on to your 5K, 13-11, Boston University, indoors as well. You'd be stoked with that though, wouldn't you? Like it's a pretty quick time. Yeah. Not too many spot like are down there. That's probably the the best of best of my marks. 
I'd yeah. say. And that was, that was another one of those time trials that we had a pacer, the pacer was perfect. And, well, I guess two pacers and they hit the exact splits. And then someone took over after that. And I was able to take over for the last lap. What about the mental fatigue of doing, because what, it'd be 25 laps, wouldn't it? 200, yeah, yeah. 200 meters. Like, do you, is that an issue? Like even sometimes 12 and a half seems like forever on the track. Um. You'd think like 25 would feel almost like an outdoor 10K, <laughs> but you look up and you're going like, you see that lap count, like you can't really miss it. And you see whatever, like 21. And then you like head down, you're on the curve, you look back up and it's already saying 20. Mm. And then you look down, head back up, it's 19. So it, the laps go by really quickly, which is nice. Because you're always getting that sense of deja vu as you come around the corner and you're like, oh, I'm already here again. But I'm already here again. Yeah. Like, yeah, and so that's a lot nicer. Obviously, it is pretty demoralizing when you see such a high number in such a short race, but it's it's definitely better than an outdoor 10. Yeah, okay. And I guess when you're like literally going the pace you are every 30, 31, 32 seconds, you, um, yeah. you knock one off. So they, they came exactly. come down pretty quick, yeah. Um, and then your 10K, 2744. It was at the Commonwealth Games. You were sixth place. Did some research today. It was the fastest 10K at an Olympics, World Championships, or Com Games by an Australian. Did you know that? Yeah. I saw the um, stat by, what was it, David? David Tarbottom. Tarbottom, yeah. Yeah. Would have been stoked with that one. It was like there were only nine in the race, but the the five in front of you were pretty handy guys. Yeah, exactly. And they kept it pretty honest. Like we saw, was it Sam Atkin? Yep. Did he go out or was it the other British yeah, he guy? Was, one he of them, was a DNF, I think, yep. Yeah, one of them went out, took it pretty fast, and that was not what I was wanting. But at the end of the day, to come away, it was a pretty good you know, experience and lessons were learned, and I was able to you know, compete in front of a very good crowd. Was there any, like, one. yeah, pinch yourself moments there, like being so young and at a Com Games, knowing how Australia kind of treats Commonwealth Games? Yeah. I mean, in the US and, like, talking with my teammates here, like, they don't know what it is. <laughs> but, like, back home, it's basically the same level as the Olympics for us. Like, we treat it the exact same. And so just, like, knowing how much it means to everyone else was pretty big and, like, my decision to really target it and go and compete it rather than, you know, taking time off and recovering from my previous season. It was one of those things where I'm, I was, like, adamant with my coach. I'm, like, I have to do this. Like, this is one of my, like, dreams since I was, like, younger. And, you know, you never know what can happen down the road. So if I have the opportunity, I'll definitely take it now and hopefully set myself up for the future. Yeah, yeah. And then I must mention your steeple as well. 8.32, you're the Australian Oceana under-20 record holder. And have I got it right that you kind of went from Brisbane to Stanford as like a steepler? Was that your kind of pen? Yeah, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like the steeple was probably out of like the three or four like events that I'd done, probably the one that I guess my coach liked the most out of me and sort of saw me as – Oh, I can I can build this guy up as a steepler. Like his form is terrible, and if we can fix that, that's easy easy seconds off the PB. So I've drifted away from it now, and I'm not complaining at all. I don't want to ever go back. But <laughs> well, if if he needs me to do one at some 
championship. Like we got some like dual meets that we have to do. I've said I'm happy to go in them there, but as of right now, 5K seems to be the goal. Yeah. Well, I was talking to um, Louis McAfee last night, trying to do a bit of research. He's done some work on a podcast before for us and trying to do some research about your, your junior years because I think um, you know, we're very much like Vic, New South Wales heavy, like two of yeah. us for the three co-hosts are um, in Victoria. And then I feel like Queensland gets a bit left behind, a bit lost at times because you often have these freak juniors in Queensland but then often don't kind of make it through to the seniors. And it's hard for you guys to travel south to be in the big meet sometimes. But you did have some impressive junior results. I think you were third or second at a national cross country. And then you were second at the under 20 Zatapex 3K. Um, but no, like, hope this comes across the right way. No, like, amazing standout junior yeah. times compared to what we're seeing from the juniors at the moment. Um, fair to say that. And big, but you didn't start yeah. till a bit yeah. later. Were you playing, um, playing soccer and volleyball? Yeah, I was I was playing just about every sport there there was to offer. So it was one of those ones where Louis and Jack Curran were both my like coaches, both went to my high school and sort of like dragged me along when I finally hit grade ten. I'm like, you need to train for this. Like you've got the talent that's like making you, you know, perform against some of these like big shots in the state and you're not even training for it. So if you actually train, it'd be good. And it was a very I'm not even going to call it like a love-hate relationship for the first year. It was just a straight hate relationship with running. I did not want to be there. Like Louis can attest, I used to be a bit of a menace, especially towards towards him and the sport. And then, you know, half a year later when I'd finished that like first few months of training and I got some results, it was all of a sudden like, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. And then, you know, ever since I've been taking those steps towards keeping on training and keeping on getting better and the results keep like slowly coming in. So let's hope they don't stop, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's been a pretty amazing like rise, but then, so to get to Stanford, like, was that an easy process? Like he kind of talk, spoke before about, they saw your steeplechase um, potential, but like, it's a big school, dip one, like big team, a lot of success there. Tell us how it went from like this Queensland Brisbane guy who hated running to um getting on that team. Um, sort of like looking back on it, it's sort of like all the stars aligned. Like if one thing was different, I don't think I would have made it onto the team. Like initially when I was thinking about coming to the US because Jack and Louie both went to Boise and they were saying, hey, this is like the next step for you. Like if you can go to Stanford or somewhere like academically and athletically solid, like that'd be huge. And even if, you know, you're not that good at running at Stanford, you've got the degree for the rest of your life that can make you more than enough money. And so I guess Stanford was always like the number one, like dream school and then reached out to them. My current coach wasn't here. It was the old coach. And he sort of replied with, oh, sorry, you're not like quite fast enough, like not what we're looking for. And so I was kind of like, oh, okay. That one, that one was a bit harsh to, or not harsh, like hard to take. And then a couple of months later, he left the job and we get this new coach coming in and it was sort of, Hey, let's, let's try again. Let's reach out. And then he responded with, these are the times like I'm looking for. And when I emailed him, my three KPR was 842. And he's like, Hey, you need to get it like, 
around A20 for, to like be in contention was like talking to me. Obviously, the times now are getting faster and faster. Like A20 doesn't get you anywhere near us now, unfortunately. Um, but a week later, um, Louis paced me through to a 819 3K. And as soon as I was done, message him straight away, like, hey, just ran this for the 3K. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, I wasn't expecting a 23-second PB within a week type of thing. So, as I said, the stars aligned. And then there was my, like, recruiting class was very small. So there was only Cole and Thomas who had signed. And there are a couple of others who got spooked away from the new coach change. And so... I think our current coach was like, oh, I really want like a third at least to, you know, get into like the solo class and not just have two people come in. And a lot of the US people had already committed to their respective colleges. And so he finally said, hey, like I've got this to offer you. And I said, okay, call the parents. And parents said, absolutely. And I called them back and I'm like, I'm taking it before. He can change his mind. Amazing, yeah. And this the is the rest all, is history. Yeah, this is all through 2020, 2021 too. Like COVID's kind of just hit yep. in. Yeah. Yeah. So I was supposed to go on a couple of visits to other places, but I'd heard such good things. I was like, there's no need to, you know, keep this up in the air. I'm going there. I'm going there. It's not going to change if I see a building or not type of thing. Yeah. And I think you're, we've had a lot of people who have gone to college in the States, but I reckon, and interviewed them, but I reckon you're the first one that has probably mentioned the whole education side of things. Like it seems to be a lot of like, this is almost like I can go and be a full-time athlete, um, kind of do do an apprenticeship before you become um, a professional athlete in a way. Whereas Stanford, and are you doing, is it bio? No. Can you tell me exactly what your course is? I did read it today, but uh, I forgot. I'm management, management science and engineering. Yeah. So it's kind of like finance and analytics. Okay. It's, it's smart stuff. Like you, you're there for a bit of colleges as well, a bit of running. Like this is important to you? Yeah, but as of right now, it's it's kind of graduate as easy as I can while still okay. getting the degree. So yeah, it can be like a backup plan and a few years time when, you know, or not a few, hopefully a long, long time away when yeah. I'm done with, you know, my running career and can go work in an office stall for, <laughs> a couple more years to make some more money. Yeah, but I guess that conversation has even changed since you were writing emails. It would have been when talking to Louie and um and those boys about, you know, going and getting a degree. Like now it's like, yeah. you know, you're going to come out as a professional athlete straight into a squad, I suppose, whereas that might not have been even on the radar when you were leaving Brisbane. Yeah, no, that, as you said, it literally wasn't something that I thought was going to be possible. And, you know, I feel like what I achieved in my first year here was my goal for at the end of my time. And so it's sort of one of those ones where I had to constantly reassess what's happening. And, you know, we've seen so many people before in the NCAA who've like prospered, go straight into, as you said, pro groups, pro squads and do great things. And so they've paved the way for me to now basically follow them. So yeah. yeah. Is have you got this year's your last year at college? Uh, I got one more. One more. So I'm okay. in my third year, and then yeah. So you don't have to give us too many details, but like, do the conversations start this year, or is that kind of like next year about what you'll potentially do after college, like where you'll end up? 
Um, I mean, we talk about it, not necessarily with like pro groups. It's more like internally, like my roommates is Cole Sprout and then Charles Hicks is down the hall for me. So we're constantly talking like we obviously want to stay together, but if one of us wants to go one way and the other goes the other way, it's not something, you know, we're going to hold a grudge over the other on. So we have these conversations. We talk with our coach about potential opportunities and, you know, I, I try and make connections where I can with, you know, pro runners and pro groups. And, you know, I don't want to be mean to any group right now because I'm obviously open to everything, but there's some, there's some groups I won't mention that obviously we favor over others. So yeah, be interested you, to see where, where I end up. Yeah. And um, the Australians who have done it, like, and I'm, I'm talking like, I'm assuming you're going to stay there. I'd love it if you came home and we saw you more in Australia, but I think the, the, the system we see at the moment is you go over, you stay there and the similar Morgan, um, Morgan McDonald's, the Ollie Hawes, the Pat Tiernan's like they've kind of set a pretty good example of how it works. Yeah, exactly. I know there is there is a group in Australia that's forming, I guess, that are trying to, you know, bring some of that talent back home. Yep. The new on group you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I guess that's that's an option that I'm keeping open as well. But there's so many competition and people are trained with in the US that it could be pretty difficult to, you know, persuade runners in the US or like Australians that have come to the US to go back home when they got the big box over there as well. Yeah. Um, do you become, like people are fans of like college teams over there, do you guys become fans of the pro teams? Like do you watch Morgan and all these videos and stuff like that and the Bauman stuff? Like do you take big interest in in following the kind of sport? Um, Not necessarily. I mean, I've watched uh, Morgan McDonald's YouTube just because it's, it's, it's fun and it's funny <laughs> to watch. So I'm a big fan of that. I I sometimes listen to a couple of podcasts, but I feel like I tend to just like leave it leave it be. Like I'd rather like be focused on myself if that sort of makes sense, rather than constantly worrying about our coach calls it the outside noise. He's like, I don't want you watching anything, listening to anything, or reading anything that's happening outside. Like we got yourself to focus on. You can't change any of that, but. I find it a bit of fun to just just go around and watch it a little bit, you know. It adds adds entertainment to the sport. Yeah, it does, but there's so much of it now. I was just having this conversation yeah. yesterday. It's about, you know, you can see what people are doing on Strava, Instagram. Everyone's on a podcast these days so you can hear what their training is. Like sometimes information's too much information and you've just got to worry about yeah. yourself. So it sounds like, yeah, your coach has definitely switched on there. Yeah. Well, let's go to the coaching. Like, so you go there from Brisbane. We're talking about an eight twenty guy. Um, now you've got these PBs over a short period of time. Is it mileage, specific sessions, being surrounded with the group you're in, a combination of everything? Um, what What's training look like, and what do you put down the massive improvements to? Um, I'd say the improvements probably go towards like the people I'm able to train with every day. Like, I came in onto the team like one of, if not the worst. And so I was training with, you know, some of the guys who were coming back from injury, for example. And so I was able to like make those steps slowly, like overtake one person, overtake one person in terms of like, I'm just going to call it rankings on the team. It's a little bit harsh because, 
you know, no one's better than anyone else. Like it changes every day, but I feel like you just like slowly get better and better. And, you know, you push one person and he pushes you and you both improve together. So like, that's something, um, obviously mileage has started to increase and, you know, taking less days off, for example, than I was in high school where I had other sports to, I had other sports to focus on. And so, you know, when you're able to give your full attention to, to running, I feel like you do get those results that, you know, you want. And so I feel like that's a lot. And then obviously the training sessions, you know, Rick, Rick knows what he's doing. So he's able to tailor our workouts towards what we want to do and how we want to improve and what we want to target. So I'd say those three just together really help, you know, progress year in, year out. Can you give us some um, nerdy details about what a week of training looks like? You, you disclose your training, not too secretary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all up on Strava for me. Like okay. I don't, I'd put in my private notes, like the exact session and the exact splits, but yeah, you can look through you know, and see any, the laps if you have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So take us through. So when, so, you're not, when you're not racing, like you haven't got a race coming out for a couple of weeks, what would a Monday through to Sunday look like? Um, so we go Sunday to Saturday. Yeah. We start the week with a long run, pretty like standard Monday, usually double. Hang on, so, hang on. Don't do this to me, Kai. Give us some details. How long's the long run? How quick? Oh, uh, the, the long run. Uh, it's 17 miles. Um, I couldn't give you that in kilometer pace probably something like 355 i want to say per kilometer okay so pretty chilled for you yeah we usually go on around like 620s per mile yeah i think that conversion's correct i'm not too sure to be honest 27k for australian listeners yeah and then so that's that's sunday monday morning i'll go for a about 6k shakeout in the morning and then afternoon go for like 16 kilometers with the rest of the team and do some like short strides after that and then hit the gym and lift just like basic stuff not like bodybuilding but yeah and then tuesday is workout day so right now it's track season we'll always be on the track for a tuesday and so last week we had 800s and then oh sorry um we had we had eight by 800 in pretty quick, like 207 down to 203. Yeah. And then. With what kind of recovery? Um, um, I think it was two minutes. Yeah. Cause we got a lap jog in between. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards the guys had 300s, like two 300s basically all out. And cause I'm doing cross now, I had a 2k like tempo just. At, I think it was 550, so pretty relaxed after running some fast 800s. Um, then Wednesday, uh, we basically all go do our own thing, but it's a medium long run, so we won't meet up. We'll just go whenever, go out for like 13 miles now, which is what 21 kilometers. Yeah, so it's about 90 minutes, or we'll get it done a bit quicker than that. Yeah, about about ninety, probably a little bit quicker, maybe. Yeah, yeah, depends depends how rushed I am with 
work and whatnot outside of that, like school work, I guess. Um, and with that solo, the, you do that solo most of the time. You chuck in headphones and stuff or just let the mind wander? Uh, just let the mind wander. I mean, it's one of those things where sometimes I just head out from my dorm to go for a run and I'll see another one of my teammates in the parking lot, you know, doing our drills and like movement prep before we go. And so it's like, oh, hey, you want to run together? And they're like, absolutely. Or sometimes you don't see anyone and you just, just go out and listen to listen to the sound of like footsteps on the pavement. And it brought water. And then Thursday is basically the same thing as Monday, just double in the morning, run in the afternoon, lift after that. And Friday, same distance as Monday that was. And then Friday is another workout. Right now we tend to be on the track, but yesterday for me, um, I went out to a place called Baylands. It's basically a packed gravel uh, five-mile loop, so like 8K loop, and did a 10-mile tempo, so 16-kilometer tempo there. So that one was that one was really fun yesterday. I went out was it was Cole. He went with me, and then Nolan, one of our sophomores on our team, and so we we hammered that pretty hard. Went four forty seven per mile, which I think is two fifty nines. Yep. For for the K, so the sixteen K. That was 10 yeah, miles, that was yeah. pretty exciting. Getting getting under getting under three minutes. I was I was hoping as soon as I stopped my watch, I'm like, please don't show four forty eight because I knew that would be. <laughs> That would be three minutes. And I saw 447. I went, yes, I did it. <laughs> I feel like as Australians um, as well, that's the only conversion we know, that three-minute case is 448. So like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Every, everywhere else I'm lost, but I know that one. Yeah. I know 320s is 520s as well. Okay, yeah. That, one, that one's a pretty easy one because they're both the same sort of, I guess, second digit. Yeah, and are you um, at heart rate there, is that what you're, like, are you working at a heart rate level or you just, what, feels nice or you get a pace it's window It's basically off field. It's basically off field. Like, we got given a pace window, but usually our pace window is 10 seconds faster than what our coach tells us. <laughs> he he doesn't like that too much. He's obviously yelling us a fair bit, but I feel like I'd like to do it off heart rate, but it's one of those things where, Every time you do it, it feels different. And so I don't think my watch's heart rate is very accurate. Like yesterday, it said my average was 153. And yeah, I felt like really good, but I don't know if 153 is the same if that's what I'm doing on a on an easy run. Yeah. But yeah, but who knows? Maybe, been, maybe I'm fit. You haven't been in the lab and stuff? I thought they'd get you in the lab and work out your zones and kind of put the, the chest straps on you and stuff, the workouts? Not that much. Okay. No, I feel like our woman's team does a lot of like lactic testing, and so they get yeah. their finger pricked and show whatever like toxicity. I don't. I'm not too sure what the exact science behind it is, but then they've got this whole like document their coach does on years and years of data that he compiles and then is able to you know specify workouts for them. But we don't have that you know, base of data to go off. So we can't exactly do that, he says. But it's one of those things where I feel like we know we know our own bodies and we know how hard we're pushing it. But 
we can go out there and be smart about it. Oh, it seems to be working anyway. Like you're getting a lot of success from the names that you're training with. Exactly. So then Saturday easy to recover from that Friday longer and workout? Then, yeah, Saturday is probably like the easiest day of the week. So I tend to try front load mileage. So then my Saturdays are relaxed. It's almost like a day off. So today I had six and a half miles, which is 10K. And, you know, that's done in 40, 40 minutes. So can come back, relax and put the feet up for Saturday and get ready to go straight back at it on Sunday. Do some podcast then, interviews. Exactly. <laughs> and then I um, guess that, that rounds out the week at 90 miles for me. Okay, so you, yeah, whatever yeah. you're at on Saturday morning, it just stop at 90. Exactly. Yeah. That's sort of like where you get the change. Yeah. And obviously that's worked pretty well for you because um, you've been pretty much injury-free the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I've had here and there something will pop up, but, but nothing's lasted more than a week. So I've been pretty pretty lucky there. You know, there's some there's some people who, if they get injured once, they stay injured, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So obviously going smart, like I'm not jumping up mileage every week type of thing. It's it's a gradual incline and, you know, at the end of the season, we'll talk with coach, see how he felt. If my legs were feeling, you know, good at 90 miles, then I'll talk to him at the end of the season. And it'll be like, okay, we'll go to 95 next time. Yeah. And if not, then we'll stay there and let the body slowly catch up to catch up to where it should be. Yeah. And what do you um what do you hate seeing on the program? What do you love seeing? In terms of in terms of like workouts, like you're seeing pretty up and about when you're talking about that ten mile, Ooh. like it seems like that's your bread and butter, but like yeah. maybe I'm just reading into things there. But what do you hate what think about the last couple of years there? What have been some of the workouts you're like, Oh, that was hard. Don't give me that again. Hills. Hills. Hills yeah. are terrible. Like we got this like hill loop that we'll do a lot of interval stuff on, so for our last cross season, especially because the national championships were on the hilliest course in America. It's kind of like Mulaney yeah. of yeah. of America. And so Mulaney's a bit hilly. I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, but so we were constantly up there. Like we were doing, there was one workout, I think it was 2K, 1K, 1K, 2K, 1K, 1K. But we'd basically start at the bottom of the hill and go up the hill and then do like a little loop around the top. And so it was just way too much, way too much elevation. Like you just get so fatigued and yeah, it's windy up the top always. So you always be running into a headwind going up the hill. And that's, that's the one I hate the most, but anything, anything on the track I'm happy with, like favorite sessions, Either the tempo, the 10 mile tempo when you're just on your own with your thoughts, or like with the guys, but just like dead silent listening to footsteps on gravel. That's, that's always pretty nice. But then on the track, like 25 by 400 is one of the best workouts. Cause you're just constantly rotating. You know, there's, there's a pretty big pack of you and you have to lead every say eight or something. And then I guess our hardest workout we've ever done. The guys did yesterday while I was doing my tempo. So I was pretty bummed to miss out on that one because it's it's literally a matter of survival. Like our coach puts out 10 by 400 in, I think it's 58 off a minute rest. Yeah. 
and he's like survive. That's basically it. So last year we had an all out six hundred, and then the ten four hundreds, and that was that was by far the hardest workout I've ever done. And I think of the whole team does it like all together. There's no separating of packs. And I think four people I want to say finished it last year. So you just do and 58s so, until you can't do 58s anymore. Like basically, you? yeah. Like you gave me another rep of that. I wouldn't be finishing it just because those last three, you're always just telling yourself it's just 400 meters. Like just keep going, just keep going. And then you finish, you're lining up again. And you're like, oh my God, another another 400 of this. That minute recovery so, must go pretty quick. Feels like about 20 does. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So so I was a little bit a little bit annoyed to miss out on that one, but. It sounds like just about everyone got through it. So it's a testament to the condition that the boys are in this year. You know, we've improved a lot since this time last year, which is great to see. Has the expectation and the the training load you think of college students gone up the last couple of years? Like what you just described, I'm sure if we interviewed professional people, it'd be pretty similar training load and, and the numbers you're hitting in workouts as well. Yeah, I feel like the gap is like decreasing between college athletes and professional runners. I mean, you could say the same thing about high school runners and Mm. college athletes. Like everyone seems to be getting better and getting closer to each other. You know, even records in pro running steins go down just as the collegiate one barely stands for a year now. Like someone broke the indoor 3,000 record last year and this year just got beaten again and who knows next year it might not be there and so it's it's one of those ones where we always see it especially with those qualifying times we were talking about before our top 16 go to nationals for indoor the times that would get you in you know two three years ago barely place you in like the top 90 now so it's one of those ones where everyone seems to be seems to be switched on going for this. And so, you know, competition obviously increases and people start getting faster and, yeah, iron yeah. sharpens iron. And I'm glad you bring brought that up at the start about why you didn't do the trials. Like I think sometimes we expect just because we see you running around in the Australian singlet at um, major championships that the college stuff's easy for you. And like there was that expectation that you know some people would have said that you should have should have done the trials to get your spot on the team, but they don't understand that it's pretty cutthroat what you're doing on the college scene, and you have to go back to make sure you're in that top sixteen to then tick the box for your college, which is supporting you through these yeah, exactly. years. Yeah, um, I want to change pace. Talk to me about the world champs. First time you get to represent Australia. Um, it's an American Championships. It's at Oregon. You're in. I think it was. Was it the first uh, heat of the 5K? Yeah. You're in the call yeah. room. You've got Cholimo sitting next to you probably, Fisher, Borrega, Sheptegui. Um, not the Bikili, but Anne, Anne Bikili from Ethiopia who has a PB of 752. When you're sitting in that call room, what are you thinking? This isn't college life anymore. This is the best of the best. Yeah, exactly. It was It was nice that it was in like Eugene because I yeah. – I was in Oregon when I got that call up onto the team. And so it was sort of, it was nice. I didn't have to travel halfway across the world to race somewhere I'm not familiar with. And so I guess that was nice. But then, as you said, I finished my warm up like alone 
because I wasn't running with my pro group or country because I was the only like Australian in my heat. And I go sit in the call room and thankfully the guy who sat next to me was Abdi Hamid Nur on the US team who I was friends with from college running because he'd just come out of NAU. And so that was nice. And then Grant Fisher was sitting across from me and I'd managed to go on a long run with him once because he's an ex-Stanford guy. So he is still doing some classes and came back one week to run with the guys. And so that was a little bit nice. But then as you like look around the room and you just see like these name, like big name, like you look to the next person, it's a big name. You look to the next person, it's another like big name. It's like, I'm here with like some of the, the big, the big guns. And so that was, that was a lot of pressure, but I'll, I'll eat up all the pressure I can get. Like I wanted more and more, like the more pressure I can get, I feel like the better I race. And yeah, so it seems that way. It was, it was pretty, pretty entertaining. And if the listeners can't remember, we would have talked about it on the show at the time, but the pack just gets quicker and quicker. The guys fall off the back, but you don't. So like 600, 700 to go, the pace picks up. You're still there. Um, coming into the home straight to get the bow with 500 to go, it picks up again. Elbows are going everywhere. You're pretty much nearly in lane three. And then with about 320 metres to go, you duck out and try to go past all of them. Like it was one of the most yeah. gutsiest Australian running performances I can remember in a long time to be like, I'm 20. I'm not intimidated by these guys. I'm going to try to qualify for the final. That's what it looked like from our end. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to Nick Badeau in the team camp just before I like went to that call room and he pulled me to the side and he's like, Hey, this is like the world champ stage. Like I know I'm not your coach or anything, but I just want to tell you. If you see an opportunity, take it. Don't think twice about it. Like you'll you'll hate yourself like the rest of your life type of thing. If if you see a gap and you're like, oh no, I don't deserve to be here. Like assert yourself. Be like one of them. And so, as you said, with that 350, 320 meters to go, I'm like, wait a second. I like had like a little glance back, I think, and I saw it was, want to say like eight of us or something, eight or nine of us, yeah. and. I like looked around and I could just see Africans and American, like Af- all the African singlets and the U S singlets. I'm like, wait a second. I-, I have like a shot here. Like I was in pretty good positioning. Like, yeah, I was on the outside, but it's better to be there than stuck, stuck in the middle somewhere where you can't make a move. And I just thought I've just got to give it my all. Like there's, there's no better opportunity than where I am right now. And, I felt pretty good until I went around and felt the wind and then tried to hang on for as long as I can with about 150 to go. They turned it to another gear and I just didn't have, didn't have that left in me, unfortunately, but it was one of those ones where I crossed the line and I felt like I was celebrating. Like I knew, I, I knew our pace was pretty slow at the start. Like we picked it up. So I knew second heat was probably going to come through faster than us, but it was one of those ones where, I was with the best of the best until 150, 100 meters to go. Yeah. And did so, you get a split on the last lap? Did anyone ever, did you ever see what it was? I think my split was, on, I, I said only like 58 or 57. Yeah. Or I think, I think it was 58 because I think they split a 55 to end up going, going through. I think my last 100 meters, I kind of died and jogged it, almost like jogged it in like lower than the rest of my lap. But, 
it's one of those ones where our last four laps was I ran 404 for the 1600. Yeah. And, you know, they, I would have had to run sub four for that mile to, to make it in over those guys. But, you know, it's a, it's a learning experience. And then after that race, I went, we had to like go through the whole under the stadium and whatnot past all the media. And we go to like the little room where like our spikes are. And I just grab like my sh- well, our shoes. I grab my shoes and I go sit down in front of the TV, like on the floor to watch the second heat. And I'm just there on my own. Like I'm chuffed. I text my coach. I'm like, what just happened? Like that was crazy. And then next thing I know it, um, Solomon Borrega comes and sits down next to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then basically everyone else just comes and like sits around me. <laughs> and it was sort of surreal because I was just like, I just started a trend firstly. <laughs> and secondly, like these guys are almost like my idols and I get to get to watch the second heat after I just competed with these guys. So that was, that was probably one of the most special moments I feel like I've ever had in the sport. Yeah. As a fan for me watching it, it felt like I feel sometimes when we have the five and 10 K it's like there's guys that have done well to get there. And then there's contenders. Like these are guys who you're going to, and you were a contender there. Like there's a lot of yeah. guys who got dropped off the back of that pack when it, when it pay started to, to pick up. And yeah, you got spat out the back with a hundred to go, but you were there for a very long period of time. And do you think there's that sense of, and similar, you would have spent some time with Cholimo at the comm games as well. Like a sense of like respect from those guys to be like, okay, we're going to pay attention to this guy now. He's in the same conversation. I think so. I mean, it's a big confidence boost for myself. Obviously, I can't say what they're thinking in their minds or if they fully know about me like on the day-to-day basis, they might do their research before a race, but it's nice to find like to have my name throw being able to throw it into that mix of hey, this guy, this guy has a shot like when it comes around next time and not just uh he was the second last person to qualify in the 5 by world ranking. Mm. And yeah, so I feel like that's a testament to how I was able to prepare in those weeks leading up. And as I said, being familiar with with the area was a big, big benefit to me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's exciting to watch on the other side of the world, that's for sure, to see the, the Australian colours. It wasn't quite the green and gold we're used to. It was kind of that darker green, wasn't it, for the um, Australian yeah. kit for that one. But um, let's talk, finish up with some cross-country chat. So you had the big win. Tell me the name of the meet because I don't want to get it wrong. With nutty Comb. Yeah, Nutty Comb. You took down Charles Hicks and Nico Young there. Huge kick finish, like 100 metres to go. You got some wheels there to kick home. But then the result of the NCAA cross, you were 10th there. What happened in between? Was it just a matter of like peaking too early in the season or tired from all the international stuff? Because um, we, we were hoping you were going to win it, do a bit of you know, Moon's yeah. won it, Pat Tiernan's won it, like strong history in that as Australians winning it. Yeah, um, I mean, when I sat down with like my coach after the season, obviously coming off Nuttycomb, I was like, oh, this is like my year type of thing. But then looking back on it, Nuttycomb was like a slow race. Like I did have to lead a fair majority of that just because it was, you know, pretty lackadaisical. And I was like, oh well, I'm only in a few weeks of training so far and, you know, I want to I wanna pick this up just to get some experience over what will be essentially the Nationals field. And so went into that race 
you can like kind of see on like the replay going into that final like uphill sprint finish there's like 400 meters to go and Charles and Nico both were pulling away from the pack and so I in that moment I knew I was dead like it's an 8k compared to a 10k and I was just thinking oh my gosh like at, at the national level I'm gonna have another 2k of this to go and I don't know if I'm gonna have that stamina in me like obviously it's still a while away but then I just saw like my coach was yelling on the side and I saw Charles was in the lead and Nico was behind him. And then Nico overtook Charles. And it was sort of one of those moments where I'm like, I'm not letting an NAU guy win over Stanford. And so I just started like digging, digging as deep as I could to try find that, that sprint finish. And I feel like I've got a pretty good turnover. Like when I, when I get going and I went past Charles. Charles, like, will say that he was just trying to, like, draft off Nico and then kick past him in the end. But because I essentially picked up the pace to something that he couldn't handle, you know, it was it was something where he just then fell off the back and then, you know, got the win there. That was, that was pretty special. Well, the commentator, I and reckon, then, thought he was you. He thought, yeah, yeah exactly. He thought he was coming back and like, no, 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 this is Kai yeah. coming from further back, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then NCAAs, I guess there's a lot of hindsight looking back on that race. Like you saw the breakaway pack of three mm. and I was right there and I was thinking like we'd just seen the women's race before us where Parker Valby went out fast and then slowly got caught by the end of the race. And so I saw three of them go out and I thought, oh, there's no way like they're going to stay up there like we're going to, we're going to, our chase packs, you know, slowly catch them by the end of the race. And I was there with two OSU guys, never like talked to them before, but I feel like we had like, like mutual confidence that we'd slowly catch them. And as the race progressed, we like weren't reining them in at all. And so myself and one of the OSU guys, Isaiah Rodriguez, we were both there and it was one of those ones again where we were just pushing each other and the rest of the pack of 10 was feeding off us. And so I was slowly trying to like pick up the pace to catch the front three, but they were doing the exact same thing. And so was never able to close that gap. And after doing that much work going into the final, final kilometer, it was no longer like it was a survival race to me. Like I feel like running that back, I could have, conservatively gone for like a fourth place if I just sat back and you know hung on and let someone else do the work but it's one of those ones where again you're gonna you're gonna hate yourself if you do you're gonna hate yourself if you don't uh, yeah yeah and so unfortunately got got spat out in the back of that group in the final 500 meters and yeah so ended up in 10th but it's one of those ones where our teammate ended up getting the win our team Performed pretty poorly, like overall. Fifth, we, weren't you? We fifth. We were fourth. fourth. Yeah, fourth. Yeah. We we're, we were the favourites going in, and then a couple of things didn't go our way two weeks before, a week before, and unfortunately, wasn't to be us for that day. A couple more years still to have a crack at it, though, and the team stays pretty similar for your top guys this year, two thousand twenty-three. Um, I can't fully decide, like. Obviously, I'm still going to be here. Cole's going to be here. 
but it's a question of who's coming back from the seniors and the fifth years. So okay. Charles is a Charles is a senior right now. Whether he comes back for say a cross country season or decides to go pro now, like only time will time will tell. And then Mika, who is our number I wanna say four, maybe five on the day. He's he was supposed to be a bit higher and unfortunately that was his last year of eligibility, so he's not gonna be back. But then we got a lot of young guns who can fill up those spots, thankfully. Yeah. See, I love the team culture of like the cross. Like it's so it's so special kind of what it brings out of, you know, even just talking about who's our number four and our six needs to become our number yeah. fourth and like the the way it needs to be sustained over a long period of time with young kids coming through and, yeah, it's pretty cool to – um, and you can tell the way you're describing your team performance that it means a lot for the team aspect, whereas we don't really see that much in, in athletics and running. Yeah, exactly. It's It brings a whole new like perspective to the sport that you don't really get in – like Australia, you don't really get in – pro running it's pretty niche that's only in this aspect of the running community and so to us or to me at least i know that the team the team title mean, wins uh, means more than winning that individually and so as i said before unfortunately it wasn't to be our day but we'll have more chances in the future to get our name back on that back on that trophy yeah hey um Last topic, World Cross. What's the pass mark position-wise? Two weeks yesterday, oh. I think it is. We're seeing some. Most teams are starting to announce your American mates over there, not as strong as we might have. Well, they could be if they sent their top kind of six. You've seen the Australian team. UK, I don't think they're sending anyone. For they're only case. sending one. One female, sending yeah. One. Sending or a one male. team. Yeah, or one male as well, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is disappointing from our UK friends. Um, Jakob's not coming from Norway. Which I guess it makes it a difficult question then to put a put a number on where you want to finish when you haven't seen the whole whole field and it might be a bit weaker than previous times. But um, yeah, what are you thinking? What are the goals? Um, I haven't I haven't like fully done that research as you said into who's going yet. So when I see that you know list and see who's there, I can obviously decide. I feel like as of right now, I can only say in terms of the Australians and. I want to be in, I'm saying now, like the top three of our team. Yeah. And hopefully that puts me in a good position within the race. So we'll we'll see who, who shows up and how those teams look and then decide from there what, what the goal is. But, I mean, I may as well go out there and try and mix with the big guns again. It's one of those ones where you don't get this opportunity too often. So if it comes my way, I'm going to take it and yeah, you're try to do the best I can with it. You're not the guy that's going to sit in 50th and try to pick up 15 spots on the last lap to come 35th. Like you, exactly. You're going to have a crack like, at this. Yeah. I'd rather have a 10% chance of finishing top 10, top 15, and a 90% chance of blowing up than you know an 80% chance of finishing top 50 or something. Love it. A lot of our listeners are going to be there on course as well, so they'll love hearing that, Kai. Um, last Kai, quick fire ones at the end here. What we're just trying to get a bit of personality about Kai outside of outside of running, so our listeners, you know, know more about you than the split you're hitting in training. Um, what's your most recent book you've read? You read books? Oh. No. Nah. Um, no. I think it's been 12. a fair while since. <laughs> yeah, 
I feel like it's, if it's a book, it's a textbook that I've read most recently. Yeah. And the more textbooks I read, the less I like reading. So. Okay. We'll skip that question. Unfortunately, no books for me. What are you watching on TV? Netflix, Amazon Prime? What's Um, the latest TV series you've watched then? Give me that one. uh, I guess a lot of the guys on the team had watched The Boys on Amazon Prime. And so they were kind of telling me, like, you need to watch this. Like, you'd, you'd enjoy it. So I just finished that the other day. Been watching. What's it about? I haven't even heard of it. Um, it's kind of like a superhero thing, but like the superheroes aren't exactly heroes. They're kind of the villains okay. in this. And so it's like a bit of corruption. It's it's pretty like I'm going to say gruesome and that, but it's if you're a twelve year old listening, maybe don't check it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. It's kind of like dark humor too, I guess. Yeah, in a way. But what about music, Kai. What what's in the ears? music? Um, a lot of like chill rap, or just like indie alternative stuff for me right now. Got the song. The song changes every day, type of thing. You know, it it could be a mood where I'm literally just there for EDM, like before a workout. There's always the same the same tunes going like seven nation armies always up there or something and then afterwards it could just be like chill stuff and then it, it's it's a mood mood type based thing so i've got i think it's about two thousand like songs in the spotify and i'll hit shuffle and skip what i don't want to hear at that point in time and listen to what i do are you the kind of guy that your liked songs is your playlist? You don't then make separate playlists? I've I've got different playlists that like come out at the times, but sometimes sometimes there's some songs that aren't in there that are just in the like songs Likes, that yeah. you know, you want a little surprise here and there rather than one of like the ten playlists I have. Yeah. And then outside of um running, outside of studying, like what else interests you? Like if we have a look at your laptop, what kind of what's in your history? Don't tell me um, let's run forums and stuff like that. Tell me some <laughs> stuff that's not to do with running. Uh, I guess there's there's a lot of like school work that goes on. So that's basically all that's in my laptop history is you know yeah, looking up research. looking up how to do stochastic modeling because we'll try and get my head around that. Um but then I guess we just got a projector for our room. So we've been Look, hooking up the Xbox to that and playing, playing a bit of Xbox with the roommates. We had a like tournaments that we'll do of like Wii Golf or something. And then I guess right now we can't exactly do it because it's cold and raining for the first time and who knows how long in California. But in the springtime, we're usually out on out on the field playing spike ball or some some like activity out there in the sunshine, catching rays whatever Just keep live, kicking out like that yeah life. i love it exactly sounds very nice lifestyle to be living hey um thanks for giving us an hour for the insider on podcast we're going to be covering some media stuff up at bathurst in a few weeks time so hopefully get to cheer you on in person on the course love the goals love the ambition for the race and um yeah there's a lot of listeners who will be loving hearing this interview because you've been one of the most requested guests on the insider running podcast over the last couple of years So a massive thanks, Kai, and good luck for the next couple of weeks in preparation. Thank you very much for having me. I'll come say hi in Bathurst.
No worries, mate. Yeah, hopefully it's a good result and you can still talk and stand up and stuff. And, and then maybe <laughs> we can find a TV to sit around and we can watch the race following you start another trip. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Of course. Win your way to the start line of the Hoka Runaway Sydney Half Marathon on Sunday, the 21st of May by winning one of two double passes for you and a mate. Check out the Inside Running Podcast Instagram feed for details on how to enter.